This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Kaylin Branford of Ultros, Darbykins of Sergeant Anus, Arkari LeBaron of Cerberus. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. For no reason! LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, a radio rad 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 a radio rad we're a radio rad what's up guys what radio I radical think, yeah i think i think we've already used that before yeah, fuck off, yeah definitely use that you need to give us more like you know you can't you can you cite episode number uh epi- no episode number that, 11 no, i don't think that, i don't think that that's sure? true no can, can you prove that that's not true can you prove that it is true uh, can you prove that it's not true right now? No. Can you prove that it is proof, true right now? Burden of proof is on no, you. No, it's not. I don't think that that's right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us live on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Let's kick it on over to our studios and uh, our iCam our in the studios, which... Uh, we are now calling the butt cam, which because I, I when they made when they said <laughs> when they said upgrades, up the air quotes. Yeah, they're they're correct. Upgrades to the iCam system. I did not know that it meant focusing on everybody's genitals. More like butt grades, am I right? Holy shit, Jesus! I I, I mean, I go back and I'll I'll watch the you know like I'll watch the episode on uh, on YouTube because I can't I can't always monitor the stream like while you know while we're live and so i like to go back and see some of the fun goofy stuff that people do in the studio because it, uh-huh. it is really clever i mean it, people get really clever and creative with it and uh so i like to go back and watch and i was like oh my god there is a preponderance of butt shots you Just know what i can't help but wonder buffalo with, with, shots all over the place I, oh I my god I, I think i know the reason um with uh ellie button's unfortunate departure from from twitch i bet this is her this is the ghost of her channel oh it's yeah our eye cam oh. and just focusing on all the butts maybe it is i don't know i just like the thought of the eye cam if you could actually see like the cameras in the studio people be like why is there a camera taped to the bottom of this table <laughs> don't get your panties all in a bunch you know why we can see them you know why anyway welcome to the show thanks for joining us uh of course i am a nero gregory and i'm joined by juxtaposition and escalia Ryamasa in studio and uh joining us by skype we've got kalo because uh it's a working bitch Right, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Got to pay the bills anyway. Uh, glad to have you here. We 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 are minus one Nika today. It's okay. We will soldier on. Uh, but yes, we are uh, we are down one 
gigantic Rogadin. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of elbow room in the studio. I got it. I noticed today. I, I, actually, you know what? I've noticed. There's a freaking dragoon on the other side of her. In, uh, I, did, I didn't know that, that that was there. On the other side of who? On the other side of where Nico would normally sit, because Kooky's in her spot, so I right. can actually see past her now. And there's a whole other host over there. Oh right. Yeah. That's usually right. I'm stuck in her shadow. <laughs> It's actually well, brighter to, in the studio with not without her in front of the window. To, to be to be fair, you know how it feels to be stuck in all of our shadows. <laughs> so uh, when it's only you, true because it hurts. I didn't Wait. know you were back on Sarkinatus. <laughs> when when did that happen? Uh, yeah, that was like uh, a few months ago. Actually, I just yeah. I was well hidden. Really? Yeah, I know, right? Have you? This is your first time in studio for a while. No, I feel like it is. Really? Oh, I, welcome, Mascalia, <laughs> Rayumasa. Feel like an asshole now. Glorious return to Sarkinatus. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh. Um, guys, I, it took, I, also, I how how many weeks did it take for us to notice? Like honestly, today, today. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know if we're noted. I'm I'm saying like how long did it really take? How long did that take? How long ago did this happen? You said a few weeks, but exactly. Uh, try a few months. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's, no. it's been like it's been like seven weeks since I came back. How come you haven't you done sure? anything with us? You're never here for reset day. You never run dungeons with us. You never come in with us into Void Arc or into Midas. I can never be here on Tuesdays. I hate my job. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, um, uh, I actually wanted to apologize, uh, everybody, because the reason that we were a little bit late today was actually my fault. Um, uh, I'm on boo this man. That's a little bit better. Shame. Or I just usually you guys blame me when it's not my fault, so it I'm is sorry. my fault. And and I'm apologizing. And I actually the reason I'm why sorry. is because I have something for them. I I wrote a poem as an apology. A poem is not a method of payment. I'm socially awkward. This one is going to be worth it, okay? It's short and sweet, okay? It goes, roses are red, Ascalia is blue, a Nero is a shitadin, and Juxta smells like one, too. There you go, guys. That wasn't even good. Ugh. Who's clapping? Himself? Juxta. He's clapping for himself. Oh, I thought maybe, like, Ferris is in the background Dumb clapping. idiot. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, uh, is that supposed to be funny? Want to start the show off uh, with a couple of a uh, couple of notes here. By the way, I like how your uh, drops work this week. Yeah, right. It's a lot. It makes it a lot better when you can hear them. Yeah, yeah. It sort of threw you off your game last week, didn't it? <laughs> it did. The first uh, I, lo- I noticed when listening back, and there was a complete lack of drops. The first time, like the in LBR, I was trying to like find my new drops to play with them before I realized they're all broken. And I couldn't find them, so that threw me off. And then during FEC, after we decided not to use those drops, I could only find those when I was shifting through them. So I'm like, well, this is awful. It's the yeah. Worst thing ever. Nice job. It's all bad. Yeah, you're terrible. Uh, all right. So uh, a couple of notes before uh, we get uh, full on into the show here. Uh, so those of you who are subscribed to the show through uh, the Final Fantasy 14 RSS feed, right? Like it says, Limit Break Radio, a radio returns. If you're subscribed to that on iTunes uh, or on whatever uh, uh, podcasting platform you listen on, uh, there's going to be some changes, right? So like right now, if you're subscribed to that feed, there's a whole bunch of special episodes in there, and it's all of the FECs, it's all of the Final Encounter cast, and it's all of the refresh episodes that we've put out. And so uh, what's going to happen uh, as soon as Final Encounter cast starts going weekly, those shows are going to disappear from that RSS feed, and that specific feed is going to go back to only being 
FF14 content related. Uh, we wanted to try to encourage those who might not otherwise check out Final Encounter Cast or Refresh to check those out. And we're kind of noticing that it's really cluttering up that feed. And so uh, we're going to strip those out. And uh, that feed is going to be only for uh, Limit Break Radio and Final Fantasy 14 uh, content. Uh, and so uh, Final Encounter Cast currently does have an rss feed but we're going to be making a new rss feed for it uh as well as a uh, fresh rss feed for refresh as well so if you like those shows make sure that you do subscribe to those and you can find those uh we'll have links to that at our website finalencountercast.com but just so you know if you're listening to this right now through our ff14 feed uh refresh and final encounter cast are going to move to their own feed Uh, And then not only that, uh, 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 they're actually going to be stripped out of the Final Fantasy 14 feed. Uh, And then if you're but if you're subscribed to uh, what's called what we call the Limit Break Radio Network, that's really for every piece of content that we make. So everything is going to stay on that feed. If you want to get everything subscribe to that. There you go. It's all done there. Uh, So uh, number two is that uh, finally, and I know that it's taken a while. We're sorry that it's taken a while, uh, but finally we're ready uh, to uh, send out the Patreon t-shirts. So if you gave to Limit Break Radio, uh, patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio, if you gave at $50 or more at any point, since the patreon opened that entitles you to a t-shirt but the thing is is that we need to hear from you we got to know what size you need and we need to know if you want a regular like uh unisex t-shirt uh or if you want a women's t-shirt so uh make sure you uh send us either uh oh hashtag dollar crotch shots <laughs> yeah there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of buffalo shots going on today uh but anyway so make sure that you get to us with your t-shirt sizes you can send those in either to hosts at limitbreakradio.com or what's even easier if you send those as a message uh at patreon.com slash limit break radio so let's get that all sorted out emails had been sent out check for those in your uh email inbox you can also reply to those that's another way that uh, you can get it done so yep uh, i sent out a bunch of emails uh, most of them i sent out as patreon messages so log into your patreon i believe patreon should send you an email once you get a message i feel like they should yeah but uh, if you have who got, knows if they do yeah. though i don't know for inactive patrons i actually had to go and use your their actual email address so if you get it on, uh, an email from uh, a weird person that might be me <laughs> From, oh, did you just send it from your private? You should have just sent it from LimitBreakRadio at gmail.com. Uh, I should have, but it's really hard to get into that, and it's super laggy. So oh did did you make sure to mention that you're Nigerian royalty? I did. <laughs> Good. And I, I asked them for their bank account information, social, all the important things. So yes. if you get that email, it is trustworthy. Go ahead and fill it out. Yes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, if you want to check out, we've got a, 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 t- uh, a picture of the t-shirt over at uh, patreon.com slash LimitBreakRadio. Uh, 
Uh, but I'll also uh, I'll do this right here. Bam, I'm rocking it today. Uh, so uh, if you want this very, very awesome T-shirt, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio at $50 or more, we'll, uh, we'll get it done. Uh, all right, so let's let's put it back to the show. There we are. Enough of uh, enough of my ugly mug and back to the Buffalo shots, please. Uh, <laughs> so uh, also we wanted to uh, send our deepest congratulations to our good friend Fusion X over at Gamer Escape, who recently announced his engagement. Uh, so congratulations, Fusion. Uh, he's been Biggest a dude ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on now. Uh, Gay! It's actually the opposite of that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, congratulations, Fusion. Uh, that is uh, that is very cool, and uh, yeah. Congratulations. I've I've been meaning to say that for like the last like three episodes and it totally slipped my mind. And uh, there you go. Oh, he's going to get married to a girl? Yeah, to Corinth. Oh. Yeah. I just assumed that, you know, guy. Wow. (laughs) You're a dick. Yeah. 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 He's honest about it. He knows. He's aware. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, make sure that uh, you know you send him a little congratulatory tweet. That's what's up, Fusion. But that's it, just a tweet. Yeah, yeah don't don't more. actually message him or anything. <laughs> just send him a tweet, a very impersonal, tw- non-binding tweet. <laughs> well, you, you, you can personalize the tweet if you want it. Put like an emoticon or two in there. That's all on you. Uh, so, uh, and, and just before, I know we got to get into, uh, the, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Fantasy League or Feast League. I'm not sure what the fuck we're calling it anymore. It keeps cha- The name of it keeps changing. It, I feel like it changes all the time. Final Fuckboy Fantasy League. There you go. That's what it is this week. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, something that I wanted to mention, I, uh, I'm kind of disappointed that we're not doing a final encounter cast this week because there is so there are so many things that I want to comment on that I want to talk about right now, bro. You got to back off now. Like I, I, I'm, I'm like I'm chomping at the bit. Save it for the show. I know, <laughs> I, I, but like we got to wait a week for it, and it's bugging me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, get you guys uh, uh, get excited. Uh, I'm excited for final encounter cast to start going weekly. Because then this won't be a problem anymore. Because I'll just be able to get it all off my chest. You'll you'll still be the same. Like I have to wait three hours to talk about this. Yeah, that's true. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's not going to stop him and Nika from having their epic arguments to where we wake up in the morning and there's like 200 messages. Oh my god! <laughs> and then Juxta comes in. He's like, they're still at it. <sighs> there had to be more than 200. It had to be like it was 246 when I woke oh, up. Oh come on. <laughs> We're not even exaggerating, man. It was so bad. And then you think like, okay, 246 messages, I'll just I'll just click onto it to get rid of that notification <laughs> and then go shower. And then I come back and there's 60 more. Yeah. I, I was with my sister hanging out with her. Now, if this was at like 2, 2.30 in the morning, uh, you guys would have a point. But this was like Saturday afternoon. You know, you know no. what? I, yeah, no, this, this was yesterday afternoon. It's not even the fact that you guys went at it for so long that bothers me. What bothers me is had we actually needed something from Nika she'd have been busy all damn day no time to check her phone you know what that's a really good point she was supposed to record some lyrics for me for my damn song yesterday so I didn't get those and I assume I can blame you 
Oh. Too busy arguing to Ed and Nero. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so uh, if you want to call the show, uh, make sure that you send a Skype message over to the Skype account Limit Break Radio or 810-515-8715. If you use Discord or you'd like to join our Discord, that's LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Kuki will be happy to direct your call. Our, of course, amazing super duper producer Kuki uh, will uh, handle your call and pass you along to the show and uh, we'll uh, we'll get you on uh, when we can. So uh, anyway, uh, you want to do your thing? Yeah, absolutely. Might as well do this. Got my music. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Here we go. Here's yeah. your answer. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I love this. This is the best part of the show. Right? There we go. Is the Wii Sports music. Yeah, thanks, Dick. Alrighty, guys. Week six of the league is officially in the books, and the race to the playoffs is on. With four weeks left until playoff time, they're... Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> Thor! 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 How you doing this to me? A lifespan longer than nine lives. Infinite rhymes that can't die. I'm a homie with a divine mind. Cash Callow's poems need to get good. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Some nice people won and some people lost. That's what happened That's this week. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do it if you want. No, go did away. did way better than you did last week. I'm Shut up. <laughs> With four weeks left until the playoffs, there are only two games separating first and last place, so everyone is still in it. Much of the league chose to stand firm with their teams last week, but the two cellar dwellers made some alterations. Titans Banana Hammock cut Furion, choosing to sign Cyan and slot him in as their new tank. Uh, the Jailbirds ownership, meanwhile, called for a massive overhaul of the team and did just that. They chose to move Joe Never Fails to the coaching position, allowing Squall to become the team's melee DPS. They uh, sent Garnett back to the bench in favor of Rydia, and not content with just those moves, they released Celtius and signed Vivi off the waiver wire to become their new range DPS. Uh, those moves seem to pay off for the Jailbirds as they avenge their Week 1 loss against the Crucible, this time scoring a come-from-behind win and advancing to 2-4. and four. With that loss, the Crucible falls to 3-3. Three and three. Speaking of avenging Week 1 losses, Titans Banana Hammocks picked up their second win of the season at the hands of the Besaid Butt Plugs, advancing to 2-4. and four. The Butt Plugs, meanwhile, suffer their third straight loss, falling to 3-3. Three and three. Will ownership decide changes are in store for this week? And lastly, the Caloclux clan cemented this week as being the opposite of week one, taking down Bondage and Servitude in a nail-biter matchup. Uh, the win ensures an exciting race to the finish line as both teams now stand tied at 4-2 and two and are also currently tied in tiebreakers. Tieception! It's very much tieception. So I, uh, I checked last night and I had beat you seven to six. Yeah, it yeah. was it was like all three games were by, by one, I think. Uh, so currently the standings are Dead Heat first place. We got Bondage and Servitude in the Caloclux clan at four and two. The Sade Butt Plugs are in third place, holding the tiebreaker over fourth place Hanger's Crucible. And uh, Titans Banana Hammocks are in fifth place, holding the tiebreaker over the Mordian Jailbirds. This week on the waiver wire, we've got Furion. Uh, Cloud, who is still not available for comment. Uh, Dark Knight Cecil. Necron. Cloud of Darkness from FF3. Tella, Reem, Celis, Saj, and Lena. <laughs> uh, what was that last one? Uh, Reem? 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 Are, are you sure? Reem? Are you sure it's not Realm? Realm? Reem? Oh, God. I'm, yeah, my bad. <laughs> Realm. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Woo. That's... That's bad. That's Freudian, curious. I think. I'm actually curious about the pronunciation of that second to last one. Saz, I think you said. Zaz? Zaz? That sounds right. Zaz sounds right. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Saz. I think it. It is Zaz. Is it Zaz? Zaz? 
I don't know. Do they say his name in that game at any point? Yes. They ignore him most of it. A lot, yeah. This is bullshit. All right. On the waiver uh, order, we got uh, Nika, Juxta, Kalo, Aniro, Papa Woody, and Escalia rounding it out. And that's what's going on in the FFFFL, guys. All righty. Thank you. Do you uh, happen to have the matchups for this coming week on hand? Uh, I will have them to you before the end of the show. I don't have them written oh, down right uh, now. <laughs> they're the same as week two. We have to make it up as we go along. No, they're the same oh, as week yeah. two. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's the FFFL. FFFL. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Kalos clan shall reign supreme. I don't need to hear about the KLK supremacy. It's uh, it's a good thing that there's not a webcam up right now. <laughs> why? I got the racist. Because uh, they don't have pants on Escalia. That's why. Oh, I thought it was gonna be something racist. Well, it, you normally don't have pants when you're in the studio either. Uh, no, we just I don't do. say Justin anything. Doesn't wear pants. We just why? Don't Did you see some old black lady sitting in the front of a bus? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You have to be, you you know, Juxta, you got to be really careful uh, with those because there are some people out there who have no idea <laughs> what drops are. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, my gosh. And who can't, can't easily identify South Park characters when they hear them. You relax. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe that I actually wasted time on Twitter arguing with someone who pulled out the pronoun card on me. That is so and then, oh, and then And then when I asked them to cite it, they cited a drop. Ugh. Why do you even bother? Ugh. Living. Seriously. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's check out some uh, FF14 news. This is a limit breaking news update. All right. Uh, there we've got the uh, free login campaign that is going on right now. In fact, it's uh, going on from the 14th till April 13th. And uh, during that time, you get up to 96 free hours of uh, hanging out in Eorzea. Now, is that, like, cumulative, or is that, like, okay, you log in at hour one, and then for the next 96, those are free, but after that 100th hour, you're fucked. I think it's cumulative. I would assume That's a long time. Yeah, you can clear, like, the whole game. You're good. (laughs) If you want to get your uh, FF14 in... Go ahead and grind it out. There's no level cap on that either. Well, it said it says sarcasm. It says you get four days, including the day on which users first log in. This period ends on the fourth day at eleven fifty nine p.m. So no, no, man, that's not oh. cumulative. It's yeah. not yeah. cumulative. No, it's uh, uh, that makes more sense. All yeah. right, get your poop socks out, and then you can clear the game. There you go. No, seriously, uh, make sure that uh, if your sub has laps, that you take advantage of this. Now is a really good time. If you're curious about the feast if you're curious about 3.2 and if it's worth coming back for and trust me it is uh then uh, take advantage of the four free days that square enix is giving you uh so we've also uh had the hatching tide event start uh started uh tuesday march 15th and uh, goes until Monday, March 28th. This is some really ex- exciting uh, events going on right there, now. Yeah, there's things with eggs. Plus, there is a song that you can only get from doing the event. Who care? Uh, uh, which song is it, Mr. Landers? 
And I make sure that that's playing all the time in our estate house, and I'm pretty sure that my benefactor is going to kick me out before we get a house for us to move into. <laughs> that actually sounds fair. I'm totally... <laughs> Callow's going to be looking for someone to room with for a few weeks while he's in between places. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we also had a uh, small ninja patch that uh, Square Enix put up on uh, the Ninjas. 17th. Oh, that's so gay. <laughs> did, did, did they buff us? Uh, no. No, not a ninja patch, but they we didn't Ninjas. know. It. That's gay. We didn't know it was coming. Oh, you mean they just snuck a patch in? Yes, that's right. Uh, patch 3.22. Uh, we got a uh, whole bunch of feast updates and PvP updates. Uh, oh, that's that big summoner nerf, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. The uh, following adjustments have been made to uh, reduce the length of matches and hasten the flow of battle. The time limit of the 4-on-4 and the 8-on-8 matches has been reduced from 10 to 8 minutes. The amount of time that must elapse before players are affected by calling time during 8-on-8 matches has been reduced. Uh, The number of medals held uh, before being afflicted by heavy metal status and uh, the potency of the accompanying vulnerability up has been adjusted. 150 medals will land you at one penalty incurred and uh, 15% and it increases uh, at 15% intervals uh, as you go up and you've got uh, you know intervals that are 170, 190, 200, 210. If you want to see the chart, it is at the Lodestone and we'll have a link at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com Speaking uh, of the feast, guys, I actually got put into one where the, uh, the opposing team had two summoners the match was over in under a minute <laughs> i am i mean i'm, I'm sure that the, like this team uh, i don't know it was it was it was so bad like it was so bad i think wow. we had 200 medals when they hit a thousand no oh wow. my god yeah jeez uh the following adjustments have been made to all PvP encounters uh, in order to improve the usability and playability of healers and ranged magic DPS classes and jobs in PvP encounters. The following adjustments have been made. Spellcasting will now uh, be interrupted after players have received a certain amount of damage. Uh, I don't, has anyone experienced this? Is this an, uh, it's about fifteen percent of your total HP. Is this is this a good thing? I mean, it's it, good for casters. Yeah, it seems like it. it re- you really don't really notice it. Actually, I went again on White Mage and got completely obliterated. I, I'm not doing that ever again. Well, really? keep keep mm. in mind that there is also a bug right now where if you are like pets, uh, Garuda pets, Ifrit pets, they automatically uh, interrupt you 100 percent of the time. So. Yep. So I mean, well, that sucks. Yeah, I feel like this just makes healers even more strong in PvP, and then healers didn't need to be more strong in PvP because they're already basically unkillable anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little salty about that. Uh, let's see. There have uh, been some adjustments to actions. Uh, the following adjustments have been made to reduce the burst damage of summoner and PvP encounters. Uh, bio uh, miasma, bio two, tribind. Pain Flare and Death Flare all got adjustments. Uh, I mean, let's see. Uh, Pain Flare got knocked down from 200 to 150. Uh, Death Flare got knocked down from 400 to 300. Uh, and then the rest of those are just duration adjustments. But Lick, lick, lick my balls! That hurts. <laughs> well, I mean, Summoner's been stupid good in PvP they have, for how no, long yeah, now? I, I mean, you're right. Something needed to be done, but God 
damn, dude, that just, hmm, yikes. Uh, in order to improve the playability of ranged physical DPS jobs in PvP encounters, the following adjustments have been made. Uh, Wanderer's Minuet for Bard. Uh, when the skill is active, damage will no longer be reduced when standing within 15 yalms of a target. And for Machinist, uh, uh, Gauss Barrel was adjusted. Uh, and uh, same. it's got the same adjustment that uh, when the skill is active, damage will no longer be reduced when standing within 15 yalms of a target. So uh, that was that. Uh, that's that's uh, that's the uh, distance requirement you were talking yeah, about yes, last week, which is good because so there now there's a way to get around it. Yeah, but the, this is the, those are the abilities that make you safe to stand and cast arrow. That's right. So, well, and so and and for machinist, it makes your all, all your jobs like casting exactly or so, job abilities. Yeah. So yeah, basically now instead of like being like penalized for being able to move but not being able to move, now they just normal casters wow which is good okay all right uh, i mean that, that they deserve that yeah that seems it makes sense in pvp yeah uh let's see the uh following adjustment has been made to the uh raise status for pvp encounters anticipation for the automatic respawn function which will be implemented in patch 3.25 uh the duration has been reduced from 60 to 10 seconds so there you go <laughs> sure. what do you yeah Nah. 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 Yeah, you're not ra- you're not raising that much, are you? Right. You don't yeah. want to. You're wasting MP and time. Yeah. You're usually just throwing out. And plus, and plus, when you use raise, that actually puts that weakness debuff on your yeah, teammates, which yeah. isn't really a good idea. No. Because yeah. then somebody gets hit once and they're dead again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's because it's not like you steal the de- you steal the the kill away from somebody. Right. They're dead. Yeah. They drop their medals and yeah. now you raise them up and they have little even, HP and a debuff. Even in other PVP, it, yeah. it just yeah, it doesn't just really. Mm-hmm. That kill score up there. Yeah, it makes you the best player on the other team. Uh, and then uh, an, uh, an issue has been addressed wherein a player would be flagged as being defeated by a party member if KO'd by damage over time, while also under the effect of healing over time. So uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so so th- so <laughs> what? It would credit the healer? Yeah. So Papa yeah. Woody would get credit for killing uh, Kahlo if Scalia's DOT killed him. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Yeah, there you go. So uh, that's the entirety of uh, patch 3.22. And uh, yeah, I'd say that most of those are pretty fair. I'm sure that summoners are pretty salty about it. In my opinion, they really didn't need to reduce the duration of the summoner DOTs. No, because, because the biggest problem with Summoner was that big that wombo big, that, combo, that burst, big damage spike, yeah, which, which got heavily nerfed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone in chat here, uh, Keralki, is saying that they thought there wasn't res sickness in the feast. Are you sure? I have, I have no idea. Because they have oh, PvP uh, raising abilities, which don't put the weakness on there. But if you use the skill raise, I'm pretty sure there is. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I could myself. be mistaken, though. Uh, and then uh, the final uh, bit of news here that we've got is uh, we've got an update for uh, live producer letter number 28. Uh, the date has been officially set that Saturday, March 26, 2016 at 3 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and they've got links to uh, the YouTube Live, Nico Nico, and Twitch pages where all that is going down. Uh, Yoshi P will be answering questions taken from the official forums. If you <laughs> want to submit a question, uh, there is a designated forum, which they've linked over on the Lodestone. But uh, we'll also have a link to it at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com. 
Um, I'm sure they're uh, going to be the kinds of hard-hitting questions that we all want answers to. Yes, of course. It's all. Uh, it'll also be possible to ask questions during the live stream. To do so, please follow the official Twitter account at FF underscore XIV underscore EN and send tweets to... Uh, uh, containing the XIV live hashtag. And uh, the themes will include exploring patch 3.2 questions uh, for uh, Hiroshi uh, Minagawa. Uh, that's the UI team's lead artist, and uh, he'll be answering questions relating to the game's UI design. Ooh, how exciting! Those aren't real themes. <laughs> UI design. So if you want, I mean, try to, yeah, try to submit your question. See if a good one gets through. They <laughs> really do. <laughs> the last, I feel like the last time we covered a live letter like that, it was like all bitching about how stupid the questions were. <laughs> Maybe because the questions were stupid. You're not Oh, wrong. the questions were intensely stupid. And it makes you wonder why they select oh, those well, stupid on, questions. Hold on now, hold on. Because uh, I, I don't think it was necessarily a, a live letter where they did that. But I think we had a Famitsu article where they did an interview based on questions they took from the forum and that's where we got a lot of that cool uh, input about what goes into designing raids you know, and you're how right. they test out those raids. You're so. right, you're right, though. I mean, but that's, uh, you know, that I, I, I kind of expect that kind of that kind of I don't know transparency with a with a uh, you I know mean, an interview I'm like sure that especially it is all going to be shitty stuff yeah. I definitely agree with you but there's a chance one or two good ones might sneak through uh, and then uh, of course we want to remind you about the music contest that's going on that's going on until April 11th so make sure that you uh, get your submissions in I've heard from a couple of people there is two new they've ones. yeah they've they've uh, I I've, I've I've heard from a few notable folks in the uh, remixing scene that have uh, given us a bit of a preview, but I don't. I don't want to spoil it for them. I don't want to play it on the. I don't want to play it on the show. Be mean. <laughs> so you're basically just like, yeah, we got sneak peeks, but y'all can't hear. That's right. <laughs> this is bullshit. Stuff to get excited for. Let me tell you, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, anyway, all right. So uh, let's. There's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. There was uh, another piece of news that uh, went around this week that really um, it's I mean, it's it's important for video games overall. And it's definitely something that we'll talk more about on Final Encountercast on our next episode. But it also directly impacts Final Fantasy 14. Microsoft recently uh, uh, put out some statements and said that they're, you know, they're looking into cross-platform connectivity uh, between specifically, you know, Microsoft uh, Xbox One games and PC games. And they've also kind of extended the olive branch and said that they would they wouldn't mind including Sony in that as well. Mind and blown. Sony has responded in kind saying that, you know, they've been doing it ever since Final Fantasy 11 and that, of course, they would be open to doing it. So it looks like we're stepping into a new era in gaming because this this whole idea of platform exclusivity or platform locking the multiplayer was actually a big big driving decision factor on a lot of hardware that people would buy oh yeah you know and 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 maybe not not for people our age you know we're we're all pretty uh late in our 20s early in our 30s but like i i think especially shut up (laughs) 
nobody, nobody, nobody cares, Woody. Nobody cares. Like, but I, but especially for for younger folks, I think whatever system their friends are getting and playing online on was a big factor for whatever system they would end up purchasing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you want to be able to play with your friends. Exactly. Yeah. And I, this breaks down that barrier and just really kind of allows people to get whatever hardware they want to get, which is, I think, a really, a, a really nice. I mean, given how interconnected every device we have is with every other device that we have, it seems ridiculous that, you know, one game console can't play the exact same title online with another game console. Mm-hmm. I'm just so happy. <laughs> There is a long music tale on that, and I don't understand why. I like it. Uh, so I, I just it, it, it's it's made a lot of people in the FF14 community go, okay, well, you know the the uh, you know micro there was there was some stuff with Microsoft and Square Enix about why they couldn't get FF14 onto xbox one and it seems like this is another barrier that has been broken down for that to happen and so i just kind of want to put it out there like what do you guys think like when when ff11 got xbox 360 players i knew uh, like i was like oh god here we go the dunes are going to be flooded with newbies and (laughs) you're going to have to answer all those questions but really like when i look back on it it added probably about three years to the lifespan of that game it was a needed and healthy infusion of players absolutely and i think that like first of all do you guys think that if they put ff14 on xbox one do you think that it would like significant amounts of players like new players would start playing oh yeah Yeah. definitely Mm -hmm. you think no look i know i know a bunch of people who are huge into gaming but it is specifically on their xbox or their playstation so like they would never even contemplate touching pc games uh there's especially one kid that that i work with he's like a total xbox fanboy right no pc whatsoever i don't necessarily know if he would necessarily play final fantasy you know 14 but i think that yeah there are a lot of people out there who who would or even even kids nowadays who have like the family computer you know they might not be able to dedicate as much time to playing an morpg because it's you know a family computer and you don't get as much time with all the other people on it but if you could get it on your console then absolutely that's you know that's that's interesting uh i I mean you know i I don't think it'll be as impactful as it was like with 11, but I think it still will have a big effect. Like, well, because that was a, that was a big deal because that was literally, I think the only MMO that you could get on an Xbox 360. So you had a huge crossover audience there of not just people who want to play a final fantasy game on their 360, but people who also want to play an MMO on their 360. Even beyond that, there was just a, there was always the problem with 11 that it was such a drag on PC hardware that for a lot of people, being able to play it on a console was a cheaper alternative because like yes. even late into its into its development cycle like 11 was brutal on your hardware is yep i actually started on uh the playstation or, or the playstation 2 with uh final fantasy 14 mm-hmm. right or 11, 11. 
11, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, do, you, do you think that FF14 suffers from the same thing? I mean, FF14 is a good-looking game, but I don't think you need it doesn't. top-tier hardware to be able to no. run it. And, and I mean, to be able to run it well, sure. But and mid-core hardware isn't nearly as expensive as it no, once was. No, it's not. So it's I, not. Think, I think it's much more accessible on PC than 11 was, yeah. which is why I don't think it'll have as much of an impact, but it's still going to bring in a lot of people who just, hey, they want to play on their Xbox uh, Ones. They don't want to well, get at their computer. There's also way less barriers for entry now with PC gaming. I mean, with with Windows Seven and you know the stabilization of hardware yep. and um, you know the like drivers becoming really uh, you know standardized across a whole bunch of uh, of video cards. You've really worked a lot of those kinks out that eleven uh, uh, eleven ran into. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean you know see that's the thing is I sort of feel like anyone who was remotely interested in this game probably would have tried it by now and i'm kind of wondering if just putting it on the 360 i mean yes it does open up uh you know a, a whole new platform of hardware but how many people realistically do you think it'll pick up? i think who you're getting is the people who don't like like Callis said people who don't play on pc like people who don't play pc games that's who you're getting uh so if it's that demographic of people who have an xbox one and that's their only system that might be the demographic you're getting for better or for worse that's fair Mm -hmm. that's fair uh i I, so a lot of i don't know a lot of people uh, and maybe maybe this is uh just a perception and uh in in circles that i dwell but a lot of people like label xbox gamers as a specific type of (laughs) of person what are you trying to say in that they're fucking 14 year old racist children i say males 10 to 16 and racist um no i'm kidding specifically the racist no i i don't know what it is about uh xbox and white supremacy it just kind of goes hand in hand (laughs) racist teenagers online are gonna butt ram me exactly callow is your team sponsored by microsoft yeah It is not, but I am sitting here looking at a well, we all know, Warfare 3 Special Edition. Well, we all know, based on GDC, that they're sexist as hell. <laughs> oh, so yeah. <laughs> Hiring strippers. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, because n- anyone took off their clothes there. Anyway, uh, so, no, I, it, I, I don't, like, do you guys, do you guys think that the demographic of xbox players matters does it matter at all mm, uh, maybe not because the thing is like if, if it does oh, come out on, on xbox uh obviously they're gonna start pushing a uh an advertising campaign for the fact that it's now out on xbox yeah you know? right so is it gonna be like super super impactful are we gonna see as big of a jump as we did when it came to the 11 one I don't know. I think it's hard to say, but I definitely think that it is going to be a positive increase to the the population. I mean, ha- not having it on Xbox and having it, there's obviously a huge difference between those sure. two, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be, like, if you're going to, like, compare it to something else, it's not going to be as impactful as Heaven's Ward was. We saw a huge surge in oh, Heaven's Ward. Oh, of course not. It's right. not going to be nearly what Eleven saw. Like, when Eleven's time came around for Xbox 360 support, remember, it also came with the level sync system and all those other things. All the quality of life things they were trying to do to make the game viable for another generation of players. You know, actually, that's kind of a good point. All did, that happened yeah. right at that time. Yeah, you're And right. that's why you saw that huge influx of players not only coming to the game, but coming back to the game. Well, because, I mean, Square Enix has a bit of a population problem. The populations have been 
dipping since 3.0. I don't know that they've entirely rebounded since 3.2. Some people have come back. uh, But, you know, they've got to figure out what to do to get this game in the hands of more people. And, you know, outside of making the client so that it runs on more hardware, what else can you do besides putting it on a whole different console, you know? Uh, so I think it would be smart for Square Enix if they uh, if they went ahead and did it. A lot of people keep talking about uh, the Xbox Gold and whether or not that would play, uh, you know, play a factor in, you know, like the, the end price point and whether that would turn people off or, uh, you know, I don't know. It's I, I, a lot of people have just been talking about uh ff14 coming to xbox one i think it would be great if it happened but uh you think it's uh think it's a realistic honestly so long as we don't have to worry about xbox one limitations in the future (laughs) i'm fine with it no it's i mean it seems like most the i mean Hardware is pretty flexible these days, as we just got done explaining. So I would hope Essie's not depending on this for anything because I don't oh, like this, God, is gonna, no. this is just gonna be a nice little thing. Like you'll get some new people in, but yeah, I'm here with the Xbox One. Everyone else will be like, great, it's easy. Have fun. Does it include? Well, are there any limitations that would come along with it? Do you think? I mean, I don't. I feel like the hardware is good enough to run the client just fine. I don't think it would come along with any limitations. The hard drive size is way big enough to accommodate. The only thing that I can think of that might limit would be forcing you to use an Xbox Gold membership. Because don't you have to have that to play any online game on Xbox? No, 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 no. You do not need it to play any online game on Xbox. Um, you, you didn't need it for 11 because I never had Xbox Gold. Yeah, you didn't need it for 11, but, but 11 was the only game that was right, like that. right. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's why I brought up. Uh, Do you have to have a PSN to be able to play 14 on PS4? No. Well, PSN is free, but their their premium services, their, I mean, uh, their premium PlayStation service, yeah. is PlayStation Plus. Plus you yeah. just get free games from that. It has nothing to do with. Okay. Yeah, and Xbox is the same way. They give out games too. So I feel like there shouldn't. You wouldn't think there would be that many people out there who would need to get gold just for uh, playing FF Online, if it even required it. Uh, Cecile in the chat says FF14 on Nintendo NX. Yeah, I was going to say, when, uh, why don't we just port uh, 14 to the Wii U for me? Come on, let's not get carried away here now. Come on, let's not get crazy. You know what SC's going to say now? Now we have 6 million people playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those Xbox people and then the two people that own the NX. <laughs> oh. Fight, fight me, them. bro. Fight me. <laughs> If you want to call up and uh, give your opinions about uh, the possibility of FF14 landing on Xbox or even Nintendo hardware, uh, you can give us a call. Limit Break Radio on Skype or 810-515-8715 if you want to call in on Discord. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord is how you get that done. So, uh, Kooky, did, I, don't, I didn't get any messages from Kooky. I don't think no, we had anyone. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, think I don't got anyone. none. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope she's okay. Kooky's fine. We've been chatting. Okay. okay. Yeah, great. I told well, her that. Stop I ate chatting to Kooky and let her do her job, Juxta. Yeah. Unless you want calls back. Is that what you want? No. Okay, then. <laughs> that was the most meek Juxta has ever sounded. <laughs> 
No. No, I don't want that. No. No, I don't want that. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's let's consider the future of uh, uh, of Heaven's Word. We've got uh, a couple of more patches to get through. Uh, you know, we we just wrapped up what is arguably most of three point two. We've got another. I think we've got another sliver of content with 3.2, which would be 3.25. Which should be the next Relic quest. I yes, think. Which, right. it, yep. which should be the next Relic advancement. So there's that, and that'll finish out uh, the rest of uh, 3.2. But uh, considering 3.3 and then beyond 3.3, and what will lead us into eventually 4.0, uh, we, you know, just based on what we got with two uh you know two point uh x to two point five uh I think that we can pretty much do a reasonable extrapolation of what we can expect through the tail end of heaven's word uh so uh why don't we uh why don't we talk about that well i i I think it's been interesting because obviously when we look back in in two point oh there was a pretty steady rise as far as content went as far as story went they seem to have been upping them you know upping the ante so to speak each time right i don't think that that we had too many complaints in relation in 2.0 there was there was i don't know there was a bit like i I, as as we've moved through 3.1 and people have drawn some of the narrative and content parallels to 2.1 i think that 2.1 was actually like we did have a very much of a slow burn buildup to what we eventually ended up getting in say 2.3 2.4 and 2.5 which were a lot of action a lot of movement and uh you know like we we pretty much had worked ourselves into a pattern of what we could establish sure. with the content but then we got some really great narrative chunks that pushed that that that, that I think really pushed that content oh, yeah, from yeah. from Come- good to great Compared to what we've had in 3.0, though, I mean, obviously the, the the release of Heaven's Ward was phenomenal. I mean, everyone loved the story and, and everything that was added. But then up until now, a lot of what we've been getting in patches, it was like, all right, yeah, you know, this is cool, but is that all? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of seemed like it's been a little bit of a rocky rise after the release of Heaven's Ward with, with 3.1 and, you know, what was in between there. And now that we're just now getting to 3.2, we finally feel like, you know, between... Well, I guess you guys didn't, don't really think so in the story, but at least with with the way that Midas has turned out in comparison to uh, Gordius, we finally feel like they've started to step up their game a little bit. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, and I agree. Uh, and and it's you know it is hard to think back to the two point one patch because I think you know like at that point like we were so much more forgiving because 2.0 was so good that's true what did we have to really compare it to (laughs) 1.0 right yeah exactly exactly and and and, but when you when you throw 3.0 in there and the expectations were so high coming off that patch that we were just like I, i i think it did i think it did set our expectations a little bit high but at the same point 3.1 3.1 was a bit of a letdown. Um, not only because we had that seven week delay, that was a big <laughs> part of it, though. I think that's the bulk of it. Like, because when, yeah. when you hear a delay, you expect it to be worth it. And then when it's little and it comes up short, you're just like, ugh. Do you think, though? I mean, even like in my mind, like the seven week delay, like, does it even, is it even a factor? Like, I don't even remember the, like, that's 
delayed. Are you kidding me? You don't? Were, dude, like, you, were the, you were the one who was counting it down every week. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I actually forgot that there was a delay from uh, to 3.1, and I just remember how lackluster 3.1 was, even in spite of, or in addition to the delay. But like, even like. Now, was, now, when I when I think of three point one, I don't think seven week delay and shit patch. I just think lackluster patch. Like I for, I completely forgot about the delay. Yeah, but that's but the thing is though is that I think for a lot of people who left in that period, who bailed in that period, that it has a bit of an opposite effect where they go, oh heaven's word stunk. Right. You know what I mean? Where yeah. when they look at it, like they, you know, like because that's six months. That was six months almost no good content you know what yeah, i mean true. like yeah, that was from heaven's win. word from three from heaven's word to 3.2 you know like how remember how quickly you got through the the heaven's word stuff you know what i mean yeah and, well, and 3.2 honestly, was think, more than six months it was what nine months eight months yeah, almost i think that's the biggest part of it it's yeah but you had, when it comes out it's like oh it sucks you wait that long and then when it comes out even if it was good there was just there was so little there that you finish it within like what like three weeks times and it's like oh i'm back to waiting again yeah well you had you i mean i'm i'm giving them the benefit of three months there because it did take some time to work through 3.0 right and then so so like once you're to the end of that you're like oh there's nothing to do you get 3.1 and it's like oh there's still like really not that much to do yeah, I mean, if you're a kooky and it takes you six months to get through the story, then it's only going to be like a two or three month wait or p- week wait. You're right. <laughs> so, I mean, if we if we look at the spread of content, because now as we've gone through uh, two patch cycles, we basically have the outline of what we can expect moving forward for all the way to to what would ostensibly be three point five five. You know, mm-hmm. fuck that. Like, I don't want to know exactly what the patch is going to entail before we're even done with Heaven's Ward. I mean, we can pretty much lay it out, can't we? <sighs> well, well, okay, but 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 to be fair, I mean, yeah, Jux, I get where you're coming from, obviously, but like at the same time, I think like that's not really thing something you can necessarily be mad at because you know, you know, we're going to be getting another Alex Wing. You know, we're going to be getting two more um, um, chapters to the Void Arc story. I mean. Uh, those are so huge and generalized. Are you are you really so upset because you know those are coming? Well, I know that Alexander' daughter is going to have four bosses in uh, square rooms and or circle rooms, and I know well. that Void Void Arc is going to be uh, a face roll with bosses and, and trash squares. packs and, yeah. uh, and a couple trash packs, maybe but, four yeah. total. But we don't know where the Void Arc is going to be next. Okay, well, that's the story, which is fine. But I'm saying, like, in terms of content, we kind of know how we're going to go. The only, we know the, literally everything from now to 3.5. The only question mark we have right now is, are they going to expand the diadem into something more than yes. just Dynamis? Yes. Dynamis. You're right. I think Copyright that is... Kahlo, TM. Fuck off. That, I, think, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I think that is legitimately the only... The only question mark right now is yeah. what are the what you know what are they going to end up doing with uh, with uh, Skynimus? Oh, isn't that so awful? Like when we, <laughs> remember back in the day when we were like talking about the airships and be like, oh, what, what, I wonder what it's going to be like. We're going to go to islands and stuff, and yeah. they're just giant and just, the, just like the random speculation that we have. And but now we. We know what we're gonna get. Yeah, isn't you're that right. the problem there with rampant actually, speculation? Yeah, there's nothing to really speculate about. I mean, we we know what's gonna come from Alexander. The question is, is it gonna be good? 
Is the writing going to be good? Or is it going to be boring and bad? And the same thing goes for, for both of the Void arcs. <laughs> what the fuck? I hate uh, this. Shit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're right. That's so fucked. The only thing I have hope for is please be good stories. Please be good writing. <laughs> please be awesome well, cutscenes. What did we have in 2.0 at this point? We're basically wondering like, oh, what's the next primal going to be? Uh, well, yeah, yeah pri- primals <laughs> were a question mark. Uh, they could have done literally anything with binding coil. That's the thing. Like in 2.0, like I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, we were thinking like we're ex- like um, after Ultima hard mode came out, that like set the precedence to be like, oh, man, I can't wait for the Gilgamesh EX fight. It's going to be so crazy. And, and then, then we, we never, never got, got it. Him. Yeah, that's we right. We never got like any of those extended fights of like things that would be awesome, like Ultros or Gilgamesh or like any of the other primal or not primal, but the trial fights. But yeah. even even making those extremes wouldn't have necessarily. I mean, that's still following the same pattern. And when you turn when you make a fight into an extreme fight, I think very rarely has it actually been really really fun and seemed like a whole new fight. I mean, Ultima, yeah, that was real good. Thornton EX was. But, I mean, what's the big difference between, like, a lot of the primal fights? I mean, those were never really, you know, heralded in, heralded as, like, oh, yes, this X fight is so amazing. I mean, look at Bismarck and look at Ravana, Juxy. You still have barely even stepped into those because you don't give a crap. That's true. Why yeah. would you? Why Why would you at this point? For birds? birds. If, you, fucking, if you want so those birds, Thor sure, Carson, I guess. For, so Thor Carson can steal the fucking bird from you? That's why. <laughs> Guys, I rolled a 75. I beat everybody but him with a stupid 97. Fuck you, Irishman. <laughs> can we not call them birds? I mean, we have horses. Let's... Or cocks. They can be cocks now. All right, they're cocks now. I know. Whatever. You sure. ride your red glowing cock, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> your throbbing red glowing cock. <laughs> Gay! <laughs> did, I, did I hear a girl laughing in the background there? Do you guys have girls there? No. I wish. Oh. Yeah. What, 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 what do you, do you think? This is a Microsoft event? That was a really good one. I give you a crap. Pops for that one, uh, Nero. Thank you. Uh, Woody has a very feminine laugh then. Let him know that. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, uh, yeah, I I mean, there is a bit of, there's a bit of monotony setting in. Um, I I think here's the thing. Here's what we, uh, or I'm sorry. Here's what I take uh, uh, a bit of solace in is that uh, at least the mechanically fights are getting fun. Yes. Yes. Uh, That's, I mean, that's, that's one thing. Um, You know what? Props to Square Enix because even like what we're three, four, five weeks in I can't remember at this point but I actually I'm looking forward to going back and getting like grinding out the cranks and springs and all that shit yeah and I I, I like doing it every week it's pretty fun you you know what helps though is that we bring in like an army of our minions so it's not just with crazy randos no no not not even that because in fucking Gordas I was like I hated I was like I'm not gonna be able to do this 800 fucking times in a row did you go in with our minions yeah it was still just painfully unfun yeah well those fights i think were just unfun that, that's what yeah. i mean is yeah. the fights were just not interesting at all no i hear you yeah, you are right though like they have really stepped up their game and and how their fights are playing out which is like the opposite trend of 2.0 where i th- feel like things started kind of getting more monotonous the further we got into 2.0 yeah no you are you are not wrong there mm-hmm 
Yeah, no, I, I could I could see that. I could see that. So, I mean, like, so where are we at? I mean, is it only only predictable shit from here on out? Is there any I mean, they've got well, they've got opportunities with the warring triad, but I feel like those have just really supplanted EX fights. They're circle arena fights. That's it. That's, that's what they need to break next. OK, yeah, sure. They've, they've started to make the fights a little bit more fun, you know, uh, and, and I think that it doesn't just necessarily go into the mechanics. I think overall, like when you're looking at the uh, the the entire raid as like just one big like masterpiece sort of say like that first fight with twinkle dicks and how he's like this mad scientist sort of thing and and you got the giant syringes like that's fun I'm getting too. extremely gay vibe you know when you go in to do that fight like like the whole thing is set up and aesthetically it's fun you know the whole like voltron slash power ranger motif that they have going on and the 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 fucking balls rolling around in the third one with mm-hmm. the little the, the you know the pussy and the balls like that whole that whole raid is just fun from the mechanics all the way up to the aesthetics and mm-hmm. that's something that they have to keep in mind going forward as well and the other thing too you know when when this expansion first came out and we talked about how they need to start changing stuff up and like now is the time to do it you know to rework the way that the raid environment and the rewards and the expectations are if you want to try and and, and teach an entire game population a different way you have to start it like at the beginning when there's this big new influx and i know that now we're like oh shit you know they didn't do that so we're kind of fucked but at least with the way that they're designing the actual raid encounters they don't have to wait for a new expansion to do that you know if they here- wanted to no go ahead finish yeah if they wanted to give us like a whole new experience without just a circle fucking room like if they wanted to give us something with like multiple levels and like switches that you had to hit like uh, imagine something like what we have in, in the feast like an arena like that where you're dpsing ads that go and like hide from you, you have to get you know uh, switches that are hidden places that would make a really fun and interesting fight sure uh you know and, and here's something that i actually didn't really consider before uh going back to uh to the to the xbox conversation if they if they did decide if square enix did decide to put uh ff14 on the xbox do you think that they could possibly use that as a justification to continue to pump out low and mid core content in the same way that they have (laughs) right come on I mean, uh, 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 tinfoil hatting is is uh, am I am I am I like, am I like, being too cynical here? Like, am I being? Yeah, yeah, I think so because I feel like Xbox people is gonna have the same ratio of casual people to hardcore people. Well, no, but but the thing is, is what I'm saying is, is like even with Heaven's Word, there was still kind of there was a still a consideration of new players coming in, and I really think at 4.0 that what they have to do is they're going to have to refocus their content to not have content for only like uh, content that literally everyone can do as long as you're at level cap you want something to engage the new people as they're leveling up no 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 not not even that not even that they need to have a greater focus on mid-core and hardcore content because just having four fights at your end game isn't enough right like if you think about toau if you think about treasures the the uh ff11 uh expansion that's really when square enix shifted the focus for ff11 from supporting the people who were just coming in they said okay that part of the game is built 
it's good. We don't need to really make that many quality of life adjustments for people who are leveling because there aren't that many people leveling in the dunes. So we're going to take this entire expansion and focus it solely on stuff you can do at 75. Right. And that's sort of what what FF14 needs at this point is they need the same content focus of stuff that you can do at level cap, but not just like ubiquitous dick rolly keyboard <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can, you, can you make that sound again for us? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, right. that's the that's the noise when I, I, I make when I take my dick out and roll it on the keyboard. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, let's go to our phone lines. Uh, we've got uh, Fusion. What's going on, Fusion? I'm really glad you guys aren't showing like studio cams if you're rolling your dick around on your keyboard. I know. Uh, Twitch doesn't like that. It's really awkward. Actually. I know. <laughs> it re- the yeah. real reason I'm not in studio anymore. They, no, don't flash back. They, <laughs> they they keep sending us emails about it, and you know we figured like okay, we should probably knock that off. Anyway, hey, what's up, man? By the way, congrats. Congratulations. We we, uh, we said congratulations on your engagement at the beginning of the show because it slipped my mind for like two weeks. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, thanks for calling in, man. Oh, God, yeah. you're such an asshole. I know I am. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I was going to talk about a little bit of Xbox stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah we're, was, we're right on the subject. Yeah. So, yeah. I was thinking 4.0 would be a good time to do that. I mean, I if think- you think back to 11. You know, uh, that came out right when Otter Gone hit, where a couple of, you know, this will be the second expand. Well, depending on, you know, it's like 1.0, 2.0. So this would be kind of right in line with that for 14. And, you know, the, you'll get a big influx of players because you'll see a whole bunch of people getting into the expansion. And it's not going to be story gated like Heaven's Word. So that'll allow more people to get into that new content. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, I think you're right. I think uh, 4.0 would be the perfect time to uh, look at launching that. I mean, it wouldn't make sense uh, in the middle of a patch. But, yeah, you uh, if, if do you would they have to construct at least a portion of 4.0 for new players, do you think? Or I, I see because I feel with between stuff like Stone Sky and Sea and the uh, um, you know the uh, the what is it the Beginners Hall uh, that they uh, you know they've really shored up the beginning and leveling focus of this game and if they were to now shift focus to stuff that you could do at you know a mid-core base or an you know like a hardcore end game base that uh that would probably be more in line with supporting their you know their population of people playing the game what do you think mm-hmm. well it's you know it's hard to say i mean i haven't uh, you know, made a new character or whatever since like uh, Novice Hall came out, for example. So I don't know. Like, does the game guide you there now? Because that would make a lot of sense. I don't right? think because I mean does. I can remember back into eleven when they added a whole bunch of newbie stuff and they redid a whole bunch of earlier stuff that would like it was almost like a tutorial and it would actually tell people how to play the game back you know in you know two thousand six when we were all you know had our heads up our asses trying to figure out you know how to heal or whatever you know it was right it's a Get lot more hand holding now but I don't know if it if it guides you into like Hall of the Novice or, or anything like that now I mean it, it oh, should. Yeah. Well, yeah, it must, because the first dungeon you go to in Sista- is Sestasha, which is right there. So all that they uh, have to do is, you know, just be like, oh, hey, you know, before you go in here and take out these pirates, you look like you might want to brush up on some of your skills. 
go over to the novice hall and you can also access it from like the uh, the innkeepers can't you a, a bunch yes. of bunch of people in the chat piping up now saying that it does in fact funnel you yeah. to uh, okay. uh into that so yeah i mean as it should yeah it, it should and and i think like and again like they have supported you know like it's not like what they've added has been more stuff to leveling but they have only really supported just stuff you can do when you hit that level cap, right? Like, right. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's just like the dungeons and, you know, the void arcs, like that stuff that anyone can do. And I sort of feel like if they put more systems in there that have long-term rewards and that are fully fleshed out right from the get-go, I'd like, see, I'd like to see some raids or some systems that are built ready to go when the, when they are in, introduced and they're not expanded over over patches right so you've got the mm-hmm. reward and you can be working on the reward for the entirety of that patch much like we had uh assaults right out of the gate for treasures of Ottergon. much yes, like yes i love assaults, and then yeah. and then and those systems if and because square enix is really great about this not just with Final Fantasy 11 but with literally like all of their modern Final Fantasy games taking those systems and tying them into one another so that participation in one is a requirement for another and it encourages participation in multiple end game systems so uh, that's to me what would be the most engaging and I think what, what Square Enix would stand to benefit the most from supporting of their standing community right now Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think something else to consider too, um, and this is this is the big like I I, f- I I feel really bad for the scenario writers and the the localization team right now because if you don't have 4.0 story gated, how do you have it to where it's like all right, like I just picked up 14 and I'm g- immediately going to go into like 4.0. Like, how do you do that right from like a the story well, perspective or a content perspective, way- especially since you know we're going to be expecting the level cap to go up again. But you may not have necessarily picked up Heaven's Word yet or completed, you know, the Realm Reborn main scenario or whatever. Right. So you may not be 50 when you get into that. So that's a big like, how do you weave all that together? Well, there's one thing about there's one thing about having like a level requirement. There's nothing about having the story requirement with Heaven's Ward. Literally, the 2.0 storyline built into Heaven's Ward. Like it ends with you guys leaving as refugees and going to Ishgar and that's why you go there. But you look at all the 11 expansions, you didn't have to have done the prior one to be able to do it. It was just a different story that was picking up somewhere else in the world. Yeah, I well, mean, and I think that's part true. of that though too is if you look at the cast of characters that you deal with, like all the scions, those are really weaved into the story too. That's Whereas true. with eleven, it's like okay, every so often you see Sid, every so often you see Sar Sibyl. You know, they weren't like always there the whole time. But with these other characters, they're really woven into the storyline, and, I and actually, so that makes it even harder. And I actually think that that's one of FF14's advantages is that having this very interconnected story that builds the entire time it builds with your character it gives you a sense of being more connected to the story to the events and to your character it builds with the entire game and so i think the narrative concept of the game is a core concept and if they i i mean if they decided to story gate again which i i mean i know that they already said they wouldn't because there was such an outcry from reviewers in na when heaven's word came out that they're like all right we won't do that for 4.0 because every, i don't know how they're i don't know how they're, you, you I, would read was just people pissed off about the story gating. good let them well, you know noobs need to get good then i let mean let them be pissed like <laughs> you know like that's that's the thing i mean if 
I think I think in the end, Square Enix is going to make whatever decision is going to be best for the story and for the game. And if that if that means gating the story again, they'll do it. I mean, I know that they the said only- that they don't want to, but they'll do whatever they need to to maintain the story. I believe the only person that's going to be missing out if they decide not to gate the content is the new people coming in. Okay, because it's easy enough to just throw up a breadcrumb quest. I mean, all right, look. We're, we're, I think it's a pretty common uh, theory right now that 4.0 is going to take us to Alamigo and Spoilers. take Alamigo, okay? Oh, so, yeah. how, oh, how e- so how easy is it, like, once you hit the level cap or once, well, you know, wherever it is that you start, to just have a breadcrumb quest where, like, some rebel has came to your home city and, you know, has heard of the Hero of Light and wants you to come and aid them. So the only thing you're going to miss out on is, yeah, the character development of the Scions and, you know, any kind of extra stuff that you have from... Uh, from doing the the MSQs in Heaven's Ward and the original. So anyone who just decides to just go right into 4.0, it's their fucking loss. Well, wait, I, I, think, I think what they could do if they really wanted to hold to that is... Uh, like uh, Escali had mentioned, uh, like separate that narrative. I mean, yes, have it tie yeah. in, but also have it so that you don't maybe need all of the prior knowledge to yes. be able I mean, to pick up on it. What you have to realize is this is what WoW's been doing for fucking ever. Because WoW is always the best way to do it. Well, no, it's not necessarily the best way, obviously, but it is doable. I think the only thing that would be hard to do is, like you said, if it's someone who's just now starting up and they're a level one character, are they going to be able to just go and jump right into the MSQ at Alamigo? Because you should have to be max level by that point, you would think. Yeah. See, the problem they could do, though, what they could do, and actually this is something that I think all players would be able to appreciate and something that they haven't done yet is make a new starting area with Alamigo. And then that way, if you pick any of like, let's say they come up with two new classes when they come up with 4.0, right. That are from Alamigo. And so you can actually start there and you know, that you could then put in, you know, like maybe two or three new zones that gets you to like the level 20, level 30 area. And then that could, you know, usher you back over into like the Eorzean zones. And Hmm. that could kind of help push you into, let's say the MSQs, you know, start around like level, 30 or 40 right well, they that do way- they would have to connect uh alamigo to east shroud in some way well they you couldn't right. you couldn't even do that from a story perspective i mean i can remember back when Ottergon came out and people were like oh my god maybe we can affiliate with Ottergon. you could probably affiliate with alamigo in an underground stance but right now it's in control of the empire yeah like that's that's gonna be the well, big right. thing I yeah we're gonna get we're gonna get omega and gaius is gonna come back and just it's gonna be just like all garamal again yeah i know they've just been kind of sitting on their asses on the sidelines this whole time you obviously wouldn't be the same way as ulda where you start in alamigo but they could easily set up a zone outside of alamigo where there is like a hidden resistance base that opens up and then as you progress through the storyline you build that base up into a new city which we have precedent for because both mordona and idlishire as we're progressing through patches builds up but why would it make sense to have level three mobs outside of that zone like you're just wasting zone space at that point so i i kind of want to I want to go back to something that 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 Fusion said just a few minutes ago uh, was that we're probably going to be expecting a level cap raise with 4.0. Is that the most reasonable expectation? Because I mean, I and I understand that most of the time, most MMO audiences do expect 
a cap, a level cap rise uh, when you give them an expansion. But I think you end up wasting the potential of a lot of zones by making them level transition zones. Uh, I, I did this one day when we were on stream and talking about this, where if you end up capping the level and then you just make zones that are dangerous and that, uh, you, you know, that are hard to traverse through, then you 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 don't have to have these zones where i mean literally go to west corthus right now is there anyone in west corthus for any reason that isn't nah. just out there clicking a quest icon nobody's Gotta doing get those 9 a.m nodes man not it's fucking <laughs> nobody's Scripts. out there no one's out there doing fates nobody's out there leveling nobody does shit out in west corthus so it's a completely dead zone but if it was difficult to traverse and we didn't just you know we weren't just able to warp through it this is what i'm talking about when i'm saying having a bit more of a concentration on at middle and end game because if you if you focus on those levels like like you put a whole you put 10 new levels into the game and now you have to give places for people to level so all the zones that you're going to be adding those are basically you can write those off as leveling zones this is where you well, go you just, for fate. It's easy to do. You just introduce a new area of the shroud and you just put like, what, I don't know, a thousand Moogle quests in there. And there you go. Well, what he's saying, though, is if they don't increase the level cap, then you don't have to waste zones exactly. just for leveling. You can use then them in different focus. ways. Yeah, you can use them in, in new and well, not even new, but I guess they would be even old. Like you could you could think of them as old ways, the, yeah, the way, I mean, look, the way that we used to work. design MMO. They could just take the 1.0 maps where you have, you know, like level one, like nut biter squirrels or whatever outside of Gridania, and then you go up north <laughs> and there's like level like 70 warthogs or whatever. Yeah. But, but, uh, do Never you... trying to get all like the, the oh my God, the freaking the gates and shit. You'd have to, oh my God, you'd so have to hard. get like a paladin to like invincible and like aggro everything and run them off. And right, yeah, oh yeah, it, 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 fucking. Gotta hit that sprint button. Gotta have my sprint shoes. Gotta, gotta have my sprint shoes. Your way through the shroud oh. to get all your uh, your gates. It was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. So what's the uh, what's the incentive going to be to move through the next storyline if there's not a leveling cap increase? The story. Story. Yeah, I plus, mean the story is kind of its own incentive. There, going it, through it, the story is going to then open up all of these new activities or, or, or content that they make. Because the other thing is, think about how much how much time and effort and money and development goes into making all of those zones and all those quests that we leveled through and then that's it like that's it all that like unless you're leveling up a new character you don't see that shit anymore and imagine if they could put all of that time and effort into developing actual new like systems and contents and like things for but us to do in game that's not but that's not just my only point like when you feel like you have to devote zones to a certain leveling range to allow people to level open world or through fates or however but when 99% of your population is just through leveling through dungeons anyway what purpose does that zone serve at all it doesn't it has well, no function keep in mind too like this game like so much of its content is based or uh, i should say quote content is based on recycling older content i yeah. mean you're talking about people in west corthus nobody's doing fates well there's a few out there because they need crystals to upgrade their relic because that's part of their thing or you know right, now right. you got to go back and you got to do uh you know ifrit garuda and titan extreme if you want to get like your kettle nexus right like it's all it's ever for the longest time it's just 
based on recycling content and recycling content. And then they add a new area with like new content, like Diadem. It's like, cool, check this out. And it's like this end game thing and you'll, you'll love it. And like three weeks after it was out, nobody cared anymore. Yeah. So it's, well, it's one of those I- things where they gotta be really careful about, you know, making those big and, you know, non-level areas, but they got to have something in there. But how and I'm almost it- wondering. Oh, go no, ahead. go ahead. No, finish. No, sorry. I'm almost wondering because just the way the story's building, I feel like we're going to go to Alamigo, you know, right? We're going to go east. There's going to be Empire stuff. What if they did some kind of uh, like a 14 take on Eleven's Conquest system? Right? Okay. The, the, maybe mix some fates in there, but have like territory control shit. Make it a little more dynamic and then you'll get, you know, it, it, you know, you got to have something rewarding right from it. But I think that might do, uh, you know, make areas, you know, more worth going into. Or it could just end up being the new versions of Lev Quest that they gave us with Heaven's Word that I don't yeah. think a single person has ever done ever. <laughs> no, nope. somebody like it's like you have to get like the amber, like the vile vilekin amber or whatever for some of the new orchestrian roles. I'm like, what the hell is that? There's Guys, like an NPC you can get rings and all this other shit from it. I'm like, I never knew about this. <laughs> I got it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna mix one of the ideas Quest. that we had with Fusion's idea, right? All right, so we go into Alamigo, right? After you finish the MSQ and you've, you've, you've let's say you, you, you liberate the main city, the, the Garland presence is still there because we still have a lot of story to go throughout uh, 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 4.0, but we at least get control of the city back, right? But now what it is, is Alamigo is still shattered. They're not really their own nation, so they rely on the grand companies for help, but the grand companies all want Alamigo for themselves as like a city-state, so now this is where you get your open world PvP in the 4.0 areas. And yeah, you have like these these conquest style things where every once in a while a battle breaks out in certain areas and you have to go there in PvP against the other grand companies to try and take control of that outpost or that area for your city. Ooh. It's an interesting hey, idea. I feel, I feel I feel like lower wise nobody gives a shit about Alamigo. Like especially like the Gradadians would be like, "Oh, Alamigo's in trouble." Sucks well, they them. could find something like, like you know, as we're trying to help, them, like, oh, guys, holy shit, there's fucking mithril mines under Alamigo. I feel or, like, you know, yeah, there's but like, new, I, new crystals or something. Ulan's gonna try really hard to get those refugees out of their city. Like, yeah, let's go take it back. Look, look, all you gotta <laughs> look, all you gotta do is just toss a MacGuffin into uh, into Alamigo, and then everyone will want it. Yeah, well, like see, a dragon. See, the problem is we, about- we've got a really good MacGuffin that's tied to one that came from Alamigo, but this one's not in Alamigo. And I feel like they kind of is that like right now Omega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omega's under cart now. I'm like, why did you have to put it over there? Like, it's like, oh, it's under the PVP area. Like, nobody gives a shit. Like, put it somewhere else. Are they ever (laughs) going to do anything with that? I'm I'm so irritated that I mean we haven't heard about Omega in like ages three four patches god damn it's been a long time so easily set it up where the story is going right now like at the end of each patch we're getting like little hints of like yida and papalimo if they had put omega somewhere out east near alamigo that little snippet would have been so much more interesting because it's like oh maybe they're working at some kind of like you know extra you know dig site with some team that's trying to dig up omega Mm. and you know you got like vega from street fighters over there like (laughs) running stuff like keep in mind too that we besides the fact that it's under cartno we know nothing about omega what if it turns out that what's under cartno is only a piece or fragment of omega and the rest of it is an alamigo 
Maybe, or maybe they take it's, it to Alamigo. I mean, yeah, that's where they dug up. Yeah, it's very easy. Ultimate, yeah, very you know? easy to, so, to to connect really anything like, to that. I feel like that. that's going to be a big part of, of 4.0, or or the end of 3.x that leads into more Garlemald stuff with 4.0. I think that's how it's going to go down. Because there's nothing going on with Garlemald right now. There was like a brief scene in 3.2 after you got <laughs> done with. Uh, He's like, I see you're fighting the war in Triad. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the ship. Bye bye. Bye. awkward. Honestly, I think one of the biggest things i'd like to see going forward not 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 just into 4.0 but from here as well is i would like to see the stakes raised a lot higher i want some actual meaningful permanent character death um, good luck and, with and, that and, and, <laughs> keep dreaming in the recent patch when uh when Estinian showed up and You're speared cute. that dragon, like I'm like, holy shit, and they're like, nah, she's fine. I'm like, what's the big fucking deal then? <laughs> this is actually <laughs> almost depressing. Good. Yeah, like I was yeah. so upset. Like, come on, Square Enix. Raise the fucking stakes a little bit. It, death really doesn't mean anything in this game. Or at least give us some well, hamburgers. You know, I mean, I'm not worse, fond of I think, I think with 4.0, if we do get into Garlemald, I got a feeling guys will be back. Because, you know, why not? So, <laughs> because why not? I'm looking forward to talking to Umbrita again. She's probably got something cool going on. Tell us about the afterlife a bit. Yeah. No, 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 no. She, she, she's a Rogan. She's definitely gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rogan in lives <laughs> always die. <laughs> Uh, all right, Fusion. Oh, well, thanks for hanging out, man. It was good to hear from you. Uh, make sure you guys <laughs> check out Aetherite Radio over at GamerEscape.com. Uh, also on iTunes. And uh, let's see, you guys got uh, Twitch.tv slash GamerEscape and uh, at Raffelderg on Twitter, right? Did I, was, that, was that everything? Did I plug all yep, the things? that's it. All right, cool, man. No, thanks. <laughs> thanks for uh, giving us a call and uh, for chatting with us. And again, congratulations on your engagement, sir. Thanks, guys. Take it easy, man. Thank uh, you, uh, asshole. <laughs> wow! What was that for? <laughs> so aggressive! It's just no. fusion, and now he can't respond. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, fusion. Uh, if you want to call the show, uh, you can do so by uh, sending a Skype message over to Limit Break Radio or 810-515-8715. What do you expect out of 4.0? What do you think narratively is going to be driving us into 4.0? Uh, do you think that we're right in thinking that Ida and Pablomo are only just a, a lead in to uh, Alamigo? Or do you think that they might actually be directing us in another direction? Stop asking questions. We'd love to hear from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715 or LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. So, Kuki, we'll, uh, we'll get you on the air. And uh, it's so weird with them saying that they're not planning on gating the content because that leaves you to be like, well, did they say that? I I don't remember yes, hearing that, but they apparently did. they've conf- that okay, that's confirmed. So then, what the hell are they gonna do? Now, I think that's a terrible idea because now, like whatever happens in Heaven's Word and whatever happens in 2.0, they can't reference that at all because they have to assume that people haven't done that content. And now each story is gonna be its own separate little bubble. Right? No, no, no. I see that. I and I and I understand why you would worry because the. The Japanese are not exactly the best at subtlety when it comes to making sure that, you know, like, like, like the exposition in anime is always (laughs) the worst. You know what I mean? Okay, well, this is fighting, spinning punch that spins. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like always unnecessary exposition. I'm not saying it's I don't know. It's 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 either a translation thing or it's a cultural thing. I'm not sure which it is. Okay, so uh, I'm just in a general sense, 
maybe not connecting those storylines maybe you're right maybe that's not going to be the best thing because they're going to feel the need to like give you a ton of exposition on shit that we already know yeah or do you but do you think we're gonna we're gonna walk into a camp and nobody is gonna know who the warrior of light is it's not going to be like Heaven's War where it's like, oh my gosh, the Warrior of Light is here. We're all going to be saved. Or you're it's not rally even- around him. It's going to be, oh, well, if you want to come help out the Alamegans, you have to prove your worth because who are you? You're just scum on my boot, Yeah, exactly. worm. Back to bitch work. This is fucking World of Warcraft. Mark my if- words. I was right about flying, and I'm going to be right on. about this. If they start it from level one, sure. But they're going to at least require you to go through the, the first MSQ because that gets you to 50. So by that point, you are already the warrior of light. If okay, sir, sure, maybe you've only you know killed like Ifrit or a few a few of the primals. But the other thing is, is if you look at some of their MMOs that that are out there, like for example, um, the fucking Star Wars one, right? Like they have the technology to be like, oh, this person did Heaven's Ward. Oh, this person did not do Heaven's Ward, and change a little bit of the text accordingly, right? Oh, okay, well. That's all they can do, though. Like all they can do is just give you like a small little snippet, like oh, if this worry, if this person has cleared Ifrit, then say this. But then they just continue on like it's like that's whatever. so unnecessary. Though. Yeah, it, uh, you know what I mean. Like, but like instead of like just like saying one line and then moving on and pretending like you never said it or whatever, they could like build around it like they have been in Heaven's Ward. Well, how do they? Yeah, well, like how do they get around it entirely? Because that seems like a whole lot of. If then statements that they have to start adding to yeah that's what they're going to have to a ton of NPCs and they're yeah, well, they do not going to do it eleven How, it like, sucked. they don't really do it that often in Heaven's Word to be honest like they have like the only thing I can remember is if you've beaten Estinian as your dragoon then they make a reference once maybe twice and so that's then it. why would they go all the way out of their way to I'm saying that they're not going to yeah no yeah I, okay I have no I don't, faith I don't, in that at all I don't think they would either and I feel like I, I mean I. Just just don't know i i i feel like with from 2.0 to 3.0 since they did storygate that like it's really going to be hard for them in just a, in a in a practical fashion to get out of doing that i i yeah, it would be really hard because, but the only thing is, as more and more you expansions come out, eventually you're going to have to do five expansions worth of story to get well, up to hang the right content. Wait, if you're going to do that, you would have to put literally every storyline to bed before 4.0 yes you'd have to you'd have to wrap up the sultana you'd have to wrap up the warriors of darkness you'd have to wrap up omega you'd have to wrap up (laughs) we all know how well warring triad Triad. you'd have to wrap uh, you'd have to have some kind of garlean lead in you'd have to wrap up any storyline that may affect alami yeah you'd know you'd no longer be able to have these complex interwoven storylines it would literally just be one at a time and you know what that like sucks because then it's like this is the Alamegan storyline it's self-contained this is the Ishgard storyline it's self-contained it's done we're never gonna come back there we're never gonna reference it again like but, that, that really ruins the whole lore of the world when you do that because it doesn't feel like it's like all the plot lines are like interwoven and I see that affecting each other it feel as alive but yes. what are we gonna do three more expansions down the line when there's now you're gonna do six expansions worth of crap to get to the current storyline and Maybe especially if we do what you want to do, and right now you're not even getting leveling out of it. If we have an expansion there where there's no leveling, that's just a storyline they just got to grind through. Well, they got to have another calamity though, don't they? Well, what what would be so what would be so wrong with making somebody sit through a storyline to get through? You know, like what? because a lot of it is grind, a lot of it is filler. 
and a lot of it sucks. And well, the only on, reason no, you put no, up no, with no, it no. is because you're leveling on it. The, didn't they cut all of that grindy, fillery crap out in, in 2.0 when they came out with 3.0? Like, for example, I'm sure when 4.0 comes out, they are going to cut out the majority of the Moogle shit in whatever fucking zone that is. I guess if you do that, mm-hmm. then I'm more okay with it. But if like if you had to go through all the stories like as is, that would suck at some no, point. No, you don't even have to do that right now. I have tons of 2.0 side quests that I just never did. And they're just still sitting there, you know, exclamation point above their head. Doesn't fucking matter. If, if you're just doing MSQ, you actually can move through MSQ fairly fucking quickly. Yeah. And I mean, like, why, why is it? Why is it that? You know, at, saying that uh, the the requirement of, uh, you know, sitting down and, and putting in, I don't know, say 50 hours worth of work to get to, you know, like you're playing a fucking MMO. And this is a story driven MMO. Right. Like, why is that? Why is that a ridiculous expectation? I understand why reviewers would balk at it. And you know what? Yes. Great. Nick just needs f- to give them a review copy. Here you go. Here's a character at level Whatever, you know, at level no, 60. Square Enix needs to give those motherfuckers a middle finger because well, that, that's what they did this time, and they're up in arms about it. And like, I, uh, I, uh, like little children, uh, it's story gated, and I can't. Uh, well, I don't want to have to do work. This is my job. I get paid to play video games. Uh, okay, well, oh, my it, job is so hard. Uh, if their job is to me. review Heaven's Ward and they have to play through 2.0. Then suck dicks. You should have probably played a Realm Reborn. <laughs> well, you're not. <laughs> I don't give Where's a your shit. Old account? <laughs> don't yeah. give a fuck. I don't think it would be that hard to find a possible reviewer who's already you know, already has a vested interest in Final Fantasy XIV. Has yeah, a character game, that max game reviewing then, is so hard. And then they can actually give like you know a really good review, not just based on what it is that they see. You know, Guys. hey, I have an idea. You got three people right here who could do a review for you, Square Enix and 4.0. Guys, but playing video games and getting paid for it's so hard. I've got a hard life. It's hard. And Square Enix needs to make it easier for me. Wait, was that sarcasm? (laughs) What fucking babies, man. Game reviewers are such babies. They have so many games to review. Oh, it's such a hard life. There's so many now. Have you seen Steam? There's like more than 20 now. (laughs) Shut up and start playing, dumb shit. I have over 100. God damn. More than a quarter of them for Ryoko. It provides so much joy. My penis is confused. Yoshi P has feelings. Head explodes. Uh, Thank you, Thor. See, we get paid to play video games. (laughs) whining about it that's so hard uh so yeah uh let's uh go back to our phone lines and uh let's take a call from uh Sayano. what's up Sayano? Hey, how's it going guys good yeah, how are you discussion, by the way thanks uh, for I'm, calling I'm limit break radio uh thank you for having me um, no thank you so glad you could drop by this. what's on your mind <laughs> wow <laughs> it's on on the nose right there anyway all right what do you what, what do you want uh, so uh, with 4.0, um, I think we are going to see another change of Promethea like we did with 11. Um, I think we're going to get all of uh, Alamigo. I think we're going to get all of the uh, Garlean Empire. And I think we're going to get a re- the rest of Korthus and have that be kind of like Alamigo area, be like a, a mid-30s level sort of area. Because right now, uh, having another 
like a fourth branch to level up a, a job in would really be helpful, especially if they add another job or two. Wait, why? Uh, why? why? Don't we already have three zones that have jo- uh, mobs and fates in the mid 30s? Like, why is it so hard to level? Why? Why there? Well, so Zelfatol, uh, Zelf, which is north of Alamigo, um, could be the level 60 area. But because Gridania attaches directly to Alamigo, it just makes sense as far as progression-wise. Um, I mean, you could just all make it level 60. That would be, that would be really great as well. Um, but basically, the more landmass and content that you have to, to traverse, then the better it, it'll be. I, I just, again, I just think that that's wasted zone space if you're not using it for for current uh you know relevant stuff if you're going back you know 30 levels uh in a zone like nobody will be there like nobody will use that zone for anything because nobody uses zones for leveling everyone just uses dungeons and they only, they pretty much only go do fates if they need just to bridge that couple gaps to get to the next dungeon or or if they need uh an atma drop or something you know what i mean like that's those are really the only two instances where people even do fates at all well i'm pretty so i mean even if they just make it level 60 i mean i I completely agree with you uh if they just make that whole entire content level 60 that'll work out too um and i I really think that uh you know the garlean empire is going to play a big part in this um, especially at the last cutscene in uh, 3.2 uh, with, with Yida and Papamo and uh, the mask on the table. Hmm. What, what mask oh. was on the table? So there was a, there was a character after Yida and Papamo are talking They're they're sitting there saying, I don't know if we can trust these guys. Let's just hold off. And there's a, a, a guy walking to a table, picking up a mask off of, off of the, uh, the table. <gasps> Poplimo and Yida are that kid in the white mask who helps you kill the primals. Shut up, Colin. They're sitting in on each other's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like Vincent from BoJack Horseman. Uh. I don't watch your furry show, Nero. <laughs> watch poor J- BoJack Horseman. It's quite funny. Anyway, uh, okay. So there's a guy who comes in and picks up a mask. Does it, what yes. happens after that? Does it just fade to black? I, I don't remember this at all. Black. Yeah. If it's black, but. Um, there is a character called the mask throughout the final fantasy uh series and it's actually this is kind of a spoiler for final fantasy dimension so if anybody's not played that i apologize <laughs> for i don't know who would or why but okay sure sure uh so the description of the mask in final fantasy dimensions actually coincides with what we're going through in the story really really well um, it's, he's an enigmatic figure who protects both the warriors of light and the warriors of darkness from malevolent forces. The mask wants to obtain the ultimate magic, probably Omega, sealed beneath ancient ruins, but his true aden- agenda is unknown. Uh, through the mask, shields his face from view. Something about him reminds someone of someone they met long ago. Um, so what I'm what I'm thinking is that's actually Nero Tolscavia behind the mask, working with the warriors of darkness, and Yido and Poplamo are with them. And they don't realize that it's the Warriors of Darkness. They, they just think that they're Warriors of Light. Hmm. Interesting theory. I'm not sure how much I... Uh, I don't know. It's I- really creepy, though, how much of that Dimension story like matches up with what's going on in our game, though. Yeah, that is true. I, I See, the thing is, is I, I feel like Yida and Poplamo are working... Like, I feel like that those scenes the the takeaway or the implication there has been that they're working with the alamegan resistance because there's Uh other there's other people 
present in those cutscenes. And they if look I'm not very mistaken. dirty. Like if yeah, I'm not like mistaken, like yeah, poor people. So, so are you saying that the that the Warriors of Darkness storyline is also going to tie into El Amigo and the refugees and all of that? Absolutely. So the Warriors of Darkness aren't necessarily evil. They think that they're doing good, you know, by by killing primals and doing what we're doing. They just don't think that the Warriors of Light are doing good enough. And so they're they're basically just being manipulated. And we don't even know how they've been instantiated. You know, are they are they like primal like? Are they just brainwashed? Are they actually the Warriors of Light that we've seen in, you know, cutscenes in the past? And they're just like being manipulated by the Asians. We have no idea. But they're the exact mirror of the Warriors of Light. They're just dark clothes and, you know, want to attack the, right. your character. Well, yeah, and, the assumption being that their Zodiac's chosen, whereas your Heidelin's chosen. Right. Unfortunately, exactly. their God appears to be way better right now. <laughs> My God could beat up your God. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're 6-0 and oh right now. Yeah, they're, they're killing it. Oh, although, you know why? There's five Warriors of Darkness, so... I mean, they're up a, t- a team member, and we only have four people, so I think that's, uh, that's a little unfair to they me. They do get a party of five. It is kind of bullshit. You know, uh, speaking of Zodiac, um, it's actually kind of funny. So Heidelin uh, is actually the name of the world that we're on. And I think the moon that they're on, the Asians at the end of one of the cutscenes, is actually where Zodiac is at the moment. I, I don't I, I had, you know, just kind of put that together as I was playing through the uh, story again. But um, if, if Heidelin is the actual world that we're in and, and it's, you know, kind of represented by a crystal, I, I wouldn't see why Zodiac wouldn't be represented by some kind of. Well, didn't yeah, like didn't didn't Manphilia say in that uh, anti tower cutscene that uh, that she that. Well, she's speaking through, or Highland speaking through her, uh, was saying that that she had to banish Zodiac, and and Moon is somewhere in there in that phrasing as well. So that's an interesting idea. Um, yeah. Any other interesting speculation or theory you want to lay on us? Um, the only other thing I could really think of. I mean, so going back to the 4.0 stuff, I I think we both we all know that we're going to get two more primals before. Uh, the end of uh, three, five, five, like you know. icons. Yeah, yeah. Icons. Sorry, icons. Uh, we're gonna get two more icons before then. Uh, but I really think we're going to see um, the end of the Nidhog storyline because right now the the problem with Heaven's Ward is Ishgard was contained. You know, no one heard or saw from them before Heaven's Ward, and now that they're open the gates, the story just focused on that. And I think uh, once we finish up the, the drama there, it'll expand out to the east and uh, we'll start having those broad stroke storylines again that carry across uh, the whole world. Well, it does. Um, but it does feel like they could really drag out that whole Nidhogg thing a lot longer. I mean, with uh, I, with Estinian just sort of showing up at the uh, at the um, peace summit, that seems like a midpoint as opposed to like a climax. Yeah. Yeah, well, we it, are in the midpoint of 3.0, aren't we? Like this would technically be the midpoint, right? But I mean, like how I, I just I feel like they I, I just I can't wrap my head around how they're going to structure the the closing of some of these storylines because you're right, it, it seems like they need to wrap up the mid the Nidhog stuff to be able to focus on everything else. Uh, you know, uh, Minfilia, Scions, all of that stuff. And, and I mean, it just, it, it's like we got a lot of focus in 2.55 from, or two point, yeah, or in the 2.5 
series uh we got a lot of focus on everything that was going on with the scions and so is that really the the sequence that we're going to repeat is that 3.4 we we go up against nidhogg and then we're back to focusing on scions is there going to be some big existential threat because arguably the biggest existential threat right now is nidhogg so that's got to be it feels like that's either like that's got to be the climax of the patch right Sure. I, I completely agree. I mean, Nidhogg is kind of our immediate threat, right? He is our ultimate weapon, if, if you will. Um, and we, he needs to be dispatched before we can actually go on. And maybe, you know, I, so just to clarify, I think Minfili um, is gone. I think they brought in Kryl to kind of take her place. And, um, you know, that's, that's just that. She's the voice of Heidelin now, and um, so be it. Uh, Estinian, I also think he's gone and, well, you know, it's weird that um, Alphanod wants to focus on saving him, which seemed to be completely out of left field. But I think once we get rid of Nidhogg, um, be that with the Warriors of Darkness assisting us or who knows what, um, then we can focus on uh, the Garlean Empire. I think they're going to play a much bigger part in the Asians as well, because that's really kind of the two forces that have been plaguing us this whole time. Those are the overarching storylines. Yeah, because from one point because the Garleans and the Asians are both tightly focused on the Warring Triad, but yet most of our narrative push is towards Ishgard. Right. So there's right. got For right now anyway, but there's got to be a point where the Ishgard stuff wraps up and then the warring triad ramps up or else we have both of those going on in tandem and then neither one of them will feel important. Yeah, see, I exactly. think that, that we will at some point finish Nidhogg, like in, let's say, like the 2.5-ish area, right? And then the 2.55 and what then connects us to Alamigo is either going to be – you because you said that the Garleans are, are closely tied to the, the, the Warring Triad as well because they want that power for themselves, right? So I think that Gar- the Garlean and the Warring Triad is somehow going to connect us to Alamigo, whether it's something simple like, oh, guess what? There's more of them in Alamigo or whatever. So, or so what? However, it ends up happening. So what? Nidhogg confrontation in 3.4, and then that really brings sort of like all of the Ishgard stuff to a close, and then what? We shift focus to the last Warring Triad member? Because there's got to be, like, yeah. like we're going to fell all three of the Warring Triad, and then there's going to be some other thing or, that happens. Otherwise, the Garleans wouldn't fucking be there and allowing us if, to kill the Warring Triad. What if the last warring triad we defeat, but we don't get to kill, they escape, and for some reason they head to Alamigo? No, I got it, bro. We get a Garlean assassin sent from the Garlean space station, oh, and, he, oh and he poisons <laughs> he, I, he poisons Emmerich, and then Lucia <laughs> trying to defend his honor. Well, anyway, yeah, no. if that's going to happen at some point, uh, we're going to have to move the Warring Triad from side quest to main story quest because currently it's just side quest stuff that is right. There. So that's going to have to. They're going to have to find some way to like shenanigans that into being the MSQ. But they just took it out of the MSQ. That's what I mean. Yeah, they have to just, put it back uh, in. Just with this patch, this most recent patch, they took it out of the MSQ. Right. So, so what they're going to end up tying it back in? That's so weird. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Well, how, and then how do they do that? F- and then how do they do that narratively to be able to start with a clean slate, moving into Alamigo for 4.0 for new players? They can't. Sa- they cannot satisfy all doing- this shit. 
No, they you're can't. right. You're right. They can't satisfy all of it. There is no perfect solution to it, but narratively, it wouldn't be as hard as you think. Let's say that the final one does escape, goes to Alamigo for some reason, right? Any new person coming in that wouldn't have all that background stuff that we have, all they need is one NPC to be like, yeah, there were some warriors who took out a bunch of them up in fucking uh, uh, Ishgard, but one of them escaped here, and now it's our problem. Because that's a really shit. Like who? No, you're right. It is shitty. But if they're not going to do the gating thing, that's what the other option is. Shitty narrative. Well, not that, but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think that they even have the space to be able to do all of that in and lead into 4.0. Like I'm, I'm I, 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 I mean, like I'm kind of concerned because I feel like they wasted 3.1. Like narrative. That's what they did. Narratively, they kind of pissed away 3.1. Well, so what do, they, what do they have left to do this with? They're going to have 3, 3, 3, 4, 3, 5, and 3, 5, 5. Right. Effectively. Right. 3, 5, 5 was humongous. So they can do two a point, lot. Yeah, 2, 5, 5. 2.5 5, 5 was yeah. humongous. They in can terms do a of, lot In there. terms of narrative, yeah. But what they're going to have to do is at least one of these arcs has to come to a close of some kind in 3, 3. You can't go, like, uh, pick your pick which one you want it to be. One of them is going to have to come to a close of yeah, some kind see, in 3-3. Something has to get resolved this coming patch if you're going to set yourself up to resolve everything by 3-5-5. I agree. With, with three major patches and then one, like, .5 patch, I'm not concerned yet. But if in 3-3 it's still just more buildup, then I will match that, your yeah. concern in your own. I'm, I'm not there until 3-3 three, yeah. three passes. Like, 3-3, three, three, like, they have a lot of time still, especially because the ha the half patch they have, historically speaking, was a big one last time. Like, they put a ton of work into 2.55. No, but, uh, but what I'm saying, I'm, I think of it, uh, now go back and think of the content structure, right. okay? Because we've got two more warring triad members to get through. Right. That gets us 3-3, three, 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 four, and then you have whatever happens at the end. Once you unlock all three of the Warring Triad, there's going to be something in three five. Some big showdown right. because of it, probably. Right? Yep. If we, if we extrapolate what we got from other patches and what the content has looked like for three point oh, we'll, we'll get. Oh, um, Taser I, Smurf is apparently quoting saying that they said three point oh wouldn't have as many patch numbers as two point oh. Can anyone confirm or get some type of uh, uh, source on that? Wow. The, if if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, I think we're really fucked. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Take back what I said. If that's I mean, the case, I mean, let, let's let's not let's not take an offhanded comment, you know, made in an interview as total dogma for what they're going to absolutely one hundred percent do. Well, obviously. because there's, I mean, they can change their they can change their uh the you know their roadmap. Strategy. Yeah, their strategy at any time. You know, if they decided tomorrow that there is no good narrative way to reset the slate and allow fresh players, incoming players, into Alamigo or into four point or whatever that content is then that is they they have the right to do that like they are not on the hook to these whiny reviewers to be able to you know uh uh let them in they sh what they need to do is what's best for their player base and that's what they did in terms of the 2.0 to 3.0 transition and very few actual players of ff14 complained about that so uh, uh fusion in the chat saying that plans do change because shiva was originally uh intended to be a beast tribe we haven't met yet and look she played a fucking huge huge pivotal role in the overall story of heaven's ward right. and was probably the one of the weirder or, or offhand sort of iterations of a primal that we've met thus far yeah no that's and and that's that's definitely true so yeah there's obviously tons of stuff that could change between now and then uh but if we are going by 
you know the previous the the previous content cycle we we know that we have two more warring triad members to get through and then we can reasonably assume that there's going to be something that happens at, at the end of it yeah this is also on top of i mean obviously we're in another wing of alexander two more wings of void arc yeah yeah well one, one thing is interesting at least from nidhogg's perspective that confrontation with nidhogg is set up like you have the Ishgardian people who are now bloodthirsty for Nidhogg. You've got his his dragon kin that he betrayed effectively, who are going to be pissed at him. It's set up to go do Nidhogg whenever you're ready. See, and I think, and I think that building of animosities on both sides is sort of what why I kind of think Amric's playing both sides. It could well be, but I like it wouldn't shock me if three point three is the end of Nidhogg. It wouldn't shock me. At no, this point, I, the no, story set up for if, it. If, if that's the case, then I think that that is actually really encouraging because then we can focus on more important stuff moving forward. You can literally so you, have three, four, like three, five. To, so you'd like him to wrap up the 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 heavens war, the heavens war, the, the, the Ishgard stuff relatively. Yes, quick. I would. It would be strange though if it ended up fo- refocusing back to the Warring Triad. Although that's really the only place that I can think that they would, because they just exerted it out of yeah. it, it, into its own set of side well, quests. They could, they could for now focus more towards the warriors of darkness if they wanted to pivot oh, in that yeah, direction. You know, that's, see, there are so many fucking plot threads. I forget <laughs> I about stuff. They could pivot towards right. the Warriors of Darkness and the MSQ right. and keep that, keep Warring Triad on the side story. Maybe until you <gasps> finish, finish killing the three of them or fighting the okay. three of them. Okay. The, one of the biggest uh, um, um, pet peeves of mine in Heaven's Ward was how many people get your killing blows, right? If the fucking Warriors of Darkness swoop in and they fucking kill Nidhogg, I am quitting this game. <laughs> oh, that would be <laughs> hilarious. Amazing. Oh my god, that would be so funny. Uh, by the by, the way, thanks for the call, Sayana. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, send a Skype message to Limit Break Radio or 810-515-8715. If you want to call in on Discord, you can do that too. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord is how you connect to our servers. Uh, Another little tidbit here from uh, our friend Fusion. Uh, well, he's, he's maybe not as stupid as we think he is. Uh, he's <laughs> not, that, uh, that's not things you can't take back now, okay? <laughs> they mentioned Ishgard housing in like 3.4 and they also said they wouldn't like to add it until the war was over. Ooh. So that kind of also plays into that theory uh-huh. that the end of Nidhogg could be 3.3. <laughs> How epic would it be if you can't actually buy Ishgard housing until you complete all the main storylines? Ah! Yes! <laughs> yes! Please! I love it! Please! That would be hilarious. We're definitely getting a we'll large get, house then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will get an entire show out of just responding to people bitching about that. Oh, dude, people would be so, so angry. So angry, and I'd love it. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, so, uh, we, we're going to get another Void Arc uh, in 3.3. We're going to get another round of Alexander in 3.4. Um, and, and there's been questions about the Diadem, what we're going to add. So... They could opt to add stuff to the diadem. They said that they're going to make adjustments to the diadem moving forward. But I mean, is there is there a possibility that they could add an entirely another system completely separate from the diadem that, you know, would uh, would serve as a gear output for, you know, to bridge the gap that diadem served last time? Ugh, if they leave Diadem as it is, like, how big of a fucking failure would that have been? Oh, shit. If they just, like, cut it loose and say we're done with Diadem? Is that <sighs> what you mean? They wouldn't do Why? They better not. Because they said that if- they were going to try new stuff, and if it failed, that they would try other new stuff. 
All right, uh, nice little while. Would, let's do it. I would just really hope that instead of just abandoning it, they made it good. The, they made it good, or they just tried something else with it and not just give up on it. Mm. I, mean, I mean, think of how much shit they put into it just to be like, ah, well, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot and of buildup to it with like airships and stuff. Yeah. See, like that's the thing is that I I feel like you can it felt like a quarter of a system it felt yeah. like the, it felt you know what it felt like it felt like <laughs> the dev test it no it felt like Abyssia without NMs it felt like Abyssia without pop items or NMs or light farming not to mention that it only lasted for <laughs> so like who's Abyssia without Abyssia weeks? say what it was only relevant for like four or five weeks yeah the gear from it well, like, uh, like, no, like i mean people actually really like like doing it like obviously there's people oh, that do yeah. it now i mean fucking the loser scuro still <laughs> does it but it was really only i feel like it was really only prevalent for like four or five weeks then people were just like oh whatever yeah no i think you're right i think it, yeah because it got kind of face bashy and and boring mm-hmm. and i think that's that's a pretty big uh that'll that'll dissuade a lot of people i think I don't know. I mean, do you think if they did another system, is that the worst possible move? No, not necessarily. It would just be really sad to see something that had so much potential just, you know, turn into fucking guild tests. It's, it'd be like yeah. anything else. It's fine if it's good. You know what? Fine. If Square Enix wants to make a system and just completely abandon Diadem and make a system that's actually good. All right, fine. Make something that's good, but you know what? Don't make two shit systems yeah. and leave see, one that's, to die. See, that's what I would... Verminion 2.0. See, like, that's that's where I think we would go if, if they ended up abandoning Diadem is that we would get something else and it wouldn't be... It would it would also be very rough, yeah, in terms of a system because if it's not if it's not a circle arena that has one big mob in it, I don't I think don't that's know what where. To do. I, how do I work this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next one comes out and it's a triangle room. Oh, I'm waiting for the hexagon. That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, what what are what are some types of things that they can do at this point? I mean. We've talked a lot about gear progression. We've talked a lot about zone design. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about like uh, you know leveling and and the use of zones. But what's some? Th- I mean, they've got they've got a pretty good uh, you know they've got they've got a pretty good foundation uh, for their MMO. But they've really got a blank slate when it comes to coming up with uh, new systems. Yeah, with new systems, yeah. and and uh, so I mean. If you think about I, like I what I would want is what what I was talking about before is the interconnectivity between the systems so you have to participate in multiple ends uh-huh. of a system to get get the most out of it. Do you think that that's something then that they could weave within like the stuff that we have now like raiding, PVPing, lore tomes and be able to to somehow weave those into bringing a new system or is it something that they would just have to build on going forward well no i think i think if you make a a a system that is completely fleshed out from the word go mm-hmm. rewards included you know all of the it, 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 the 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 thing that stops progression is either the challenge you know like if they if they put out all of the turns of alexander at at one time there's only logically so far that you could get with the gear that's out before you'd hit into you'd run into that wall right right so you know if you have a full system that's out and i don't know i I don't know if you would want to gate it behind gear progression but you would you would i i think that would also serve 
a way for you know those um those those big glory gear that we keep talking about the the truly truly end game you know the i300 let's say if that's where you know that your eye level is going to be going at the end of the expansion so that's that's what you can earn out of it so that way the rewards that you get out of it can actually progress you more into the system i think that's really what this game is is sort of lacking is that we never get the entirety of a thing right from the outset it's like we get we get we get four injections of it and then we get the next four in six months and by the time we get that that next four those next four fights the first four are irrelevant yeah so it doesn't feel like a challenge it just feels like a gate right mm-hmm. if it felt like a challenge if it felt like a mountain that you were climbing because I feel like they had a pretty good, like they had the nugget of a good idea with the the DP, some of the DPS requirements from Gordius, from Gordius Savage, right? Mm-hmm. And if you had some of those, if you had some of the same ideas where you had, you know, you had fights that were tuned to X, X eye level, but the majority of your community is... 20 eye levels below that because that's what where the 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 lore gear is that's where the easy gear is right but you have some outputs of really high level gear that could serve to progress you through some additional tiers of those fights the problem is is that square enix would have to have all the fights developed and ready to go out of the gate from the word go they didn't have the first tier developed properly at the word go so (laughs) I, I mean, I, I it's it would take a bit of uh, of readjusting for Square Enix, but I think that it's possible. I think but would that really be the best thing for the game if they had to rush out twelve fights instead of just the first four? Because I don't if I feel like if they had to rush out all of the fights right at the start of three then uh, our Midas fights would not be as good as they were. Well, that's true because they do learn something from every time they put a fight into the game. Right. They have now had four years. They will have had four years of development of this game by the time they put 4.0 out. If they can't figure out how to develop fun fucking fights by then, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like, like, yes, you're right in the sense that the Midas fights are fun. And I think that they are fun because they learned from Gordius. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but at the same time, though, getting a fully fleshed out system where instead of you get the next tier of that system in two patches, you get another system fully fleshed out that links into that first system that you had with a completely different set of gear that it puts out. Like assaults did with uh, salvage. Exactly. It seems I like, think it seems I, like, I, but I, that'd be asking for a lot more development, wouldn't it? Would it? Well, so instead of them releasing four stages, now they're releasing twelve, and you want a new system come next patch. But they're not having to. They're not having to add abilities. They're not having to add job levels. Because here's the thing: if you're if you're adding levels to this game, you're also adding abilities, and we're at ability blow oh, level God, four yes, anyway. No more abilities. Exactly. No one wants more abilities. No, and and it's not that we don't want our rotations to change, or we don't. We wouldn't want potency adjustments, or we wouldn't want more tools in the toolkit. But the thing is, is that when they gave us the fifty to sixty, we were at. I mean, we were at 
that ability bloat and now we're definitely like we're, yes. we're above that line so anymore i think is just, that's not a good a step in the right direction but if they put that development time away from having to adjust jobs balance jobs make sure that they're all you know they fit into their box and instead focus that on developing content that's fun for the people who play the game who are already at the level cap that I think is actually a much more worthwhile uh, uh, use of development time. You're talking about the point where they were at 75 established cap in 11, as opposed to when they were still working their way up through Rise of the Zillar. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, it's not bad if this is what we're going to say. Like level 60 is it? We're staying here for the next four years. Is where we're going to be at for a while. Yeah. Because I don't. What they're not going to do is like we're going to take this expansion off and then focus on all this new stuff, and then next expansion we're going to level up again. No, that's a waste. If you're going to stay here, you better be willing to stay here for a while. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, and I don't know what that cap should be, but I mean, like it does. Like I said, we are at ability bloat. Yeah, I, I feel it all the time. I'm just like I, I, I don't necessarily some disagree. shit I don't use. Level sixty, I three hundred might be about right. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah, but if, but if, I'm just saying if they're going to do that. They better be willing to stick to that for a while. That's better not be something to go back and find out. Oh well, five it's going up again. No, because you're going to spend four making content for that level. Well, yeah, because then you have to then you have to look at you're going from vertical expansion to lateral expansion in terms yes. of gear. You're changing your whole design philosophy, which is like it can't happen until four Like what we're talking exactly. about, there's no yeah, way. There's no way. 4.0. There's no way. But you are. But what we're asking is new design philosophy literally for the game well i think that's but that's what is that's the only way that they can take it and still remain successful i agree i think if they continue (laughs) if they continue uh in 4.0 with the same pattern that they've been doing for 2 and 3.0 that you're going to alienate your long-term players they're going to bail and you're not going to be able to replace them with new people you just won't not even that point fuck no no we've talked about it before like do we really want to repeat this cycle again I don't know. Twice has been enough. I'm good. Yeah. Counterpoint, my favorite thing about new expansions is getting more abilities so I can play and have more new things, new shiny things. Do do you not really feel the ability bloat? Oh, we're definitely at ability bloat. But at the same time, like, if the expansion doesn't change or give me new buttons to press, then that just completely turns me off. I I agree. And that's why, I I mean, like, that's what was so kind of brilliant about the merit point system I'd in say 11. Merits is what yeah, merit merit something like merits where you can add additional potency to your or job different well, effects or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Customization is the word that we're looking for, I think, mm-hmm. cuz when you switch to a lateral design standpoint, you can allow for customization in your jobs. You got sh- customization, you you guys are going to scare Yoshi. <laughs> he is very scared right now. You're, say, you're shocking him. That's what you use to replace leveling is now start to give like like each class, you know, like like one of two trees that they can pick from that. Yeah, you can start getting like merits and stuff in that, that helps you focus on, you know, doing your role. I think that's one a, or the other way. I think that's a that's a viable replacement for, uh, you know, having more levels or more abilities. Yeah, because I just I really don't think more abilities is going to do anyone any fucking favors at this point. I'm just so sick of fucking new. No, just don't make me change up my rotation, but let it be my choice. What, how the rotation changes, right? Yeah. Like what if, if I wanted to, to, to put more enmity on, you know, my DPS combo, fuck it. Let me do that. That's like, that would be a great change. That would be a great, 
addition and to let abilities be customizable that's even going a step further than materia and it's an even kind of better way to do it than doing like job ability materia or or a materia uh, that specifically augments job job ability i hear you coming out of uh 2.0 and into 3.0 dragoon had one of the longest uh ideal rotations in the game and when we found out there was gonna be four <sighs> more abilities added in it was like fuck that you i know, know what i was just thinking was wow this is the most escalia has like talked and actually contributed to an episode in a long time i'm really fucking impressed and they need to talk about fucking dragoon and yeah <laughs> you go wreck it whatever stands viable oh, yeah. point oh come on is it is it I think you guys might be wishing for the stars at this point because I don't like everything so Square, Square Enix and Yoshi have said and their design philosophy is like pure contrast to customization. Yeah. I mean, it took them this long just to give us materia, which let's be honest, unless Good you're a materia, unless you're a tank or a healer, you don't have customization. You really don't. I don't know. Have you tried putting some vit on no, your... Uh... Shut up. You're going to trigger me. <laughs> Do you know out of like all of my gear right now, I have one slot that is not crit. One. What'd you, know, you, what'd you put there? Determination. Hmm. So like, I don't know. Like, Really? I had to, I had to put some... Um, I had to put some determination in mine. Yeah, mine's actually kind of split pretty evenly. Like... Don't I put get... skill speed in one. Oh god, stop. <laughs> You're such a bad. It has crit and determination. You want me to go put some fucking vitality on it, Juxta? Yeah, that'll help you progress apparently. <laughs> but, but when see, you but see, when, like hang on, hang on. We were talking about overmelding stats that you can't use secondary stats to overmeld. And you, and you're ta- and you're talking about gear that you can't even overmeld. Right. So you can overmeld t- secondary stats? Not not in the no. not the lower no, gear. Lower gear. Yeah. Oh, lower gear. Yeah, no, okay. Right. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what you think you're teasing me for, but it's not no, that's not that's not at all what either Nika or I were saying last time. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm just not, trying to trigger juxta. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I don't think we're gonna get like any kind of customization in 14 and 4.0. Within, within the jobs themselves. Yeah. You've got to because it's either that or you keep adding abilities and there's no way that Square Enix can keep oh, adding abilities. Any. You might start adding traits. Well, we've talked about that. Uh, traits would be cool. Traits would be cool, but like I don't... From a programming standpoint, I'm not sure if they can because they didn't add any new traits for jobs they didn't add any traits like from 50 to 60 for new things like i mean and you think it was because they couldn't i don't know if they can or can't i'm well, not a program hang on what's the point they, I, i'm like, sure like, they like, can like some guys like hey why don't we make it so that like they get like this ninja get this new ability where you know there's a chance on on auto attack that they proc this thing you know, but, like come on you know that we don't have the technology to do that what the fuck i don't know what if what the fuck exactly is the point of regimented traits that you can't that you can't customize or you can't select i mean because it's literally the same for everyone those bonuses are literally the same everyone is you know when you're talking about content that you're doing everyone's at 60 and it's not like any gear stat affects that you know like i was kind of thinking about this the other like like elemental materia why is that a thing (laughs) because 1.0 no i'm serious why is it a thing 1.0 no i and to reduce the material market to make your um, material that you convert more worthless 
to have a chance at procking an earth material and making you slit your wrists. I'm. I, it's just. It. It is entirely, entirely pointless. It is there yeah. to be pointless. The, no. No. There. The elemental wheel plays literally no point in this game whatsoever. Has no. never. Yeah. That's Very true. true. Yeah. It could. They they could they could they could make it, but you're they're scared. not going to. You are going to. You're skipping on dangerous grounds. Many black mages will be very upset with you. I mean, it just it it's it's very. You know what I mean? Like I I, I like. There's a whole lot of stuff that doesn't make sense in this game. Yeah. And I mean, you know, yeah. Like I I, I just I think I I think customization would be incredibly helpful at this juncture yes especially moving forward to support your end game community because that's really i think that's what we want i mean yes we all want new jobs you know but at the same time i think that well i mean everyone wants new jobs sure but me and Kahlo really want ninja to grow and expand too like how, i want to be an assassin how shut up how good would it be if me if my ninja and Kyle's ninja played differently because Exa- yes. we had to do things see that yeah that's and that's what and i mean yeah. still we, wouldn't take us to her raids and then we might actually be able to <laughs> both go ninja to a raid because we bring different buffs or whatever but that's yeah. I, i'm like we're, i don't we're not gonna see that i honestly don't think we will ever we, get to that you level have of to as an mmo how how do you survive as an mmo if you don't that's my question. I how, really how want does, that now so much. How does FF14 continue to stay viable as an MMO if it doesn't? Because it's it's now on hardware that is becoming pretty much last gen. Its graphics are starting to age. I mean, it will it will be last gen in I'm going to say two to three years. Yeah. We'll we'll have we'll have a whole new generation of consoles. We'll have we'll, PS5. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll have all new video cards. MMOs will look b- way beyond what FF14 is able to produce, and it'll look like an aged game, much like FF11 does. Yeah. How do they support their player base? Because it's gone from how do you bring people in? Because I think that was that was the that was the directive with 2.0 and three and 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 Heaven's Word. Bring people in, get people who are otherwise not exposed to ff14 exposed to this game and now it has the mission statement it should go from exposing new people to keeping who they already have how does Derek age of camelot still stay relevant a lot of people still playing that that doesn't mean it's one server that one guy runs the upkeep (laughs) cost is like five bucks because yoshi played that game he needs to tap into that to make this game to keep progressing. No, but, to but tap into the ten people that play that game. No, no, no. Woody's what, what fucking people that play. Woody's Woody's got a point. There are these this these old dinosaur MMOs that just keep fucking going forever. Because Greg from accounting is running them at this point. No, no, no. I, 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 if if that was true, then someone would have would have you know bought up uh, you know Hellgate London and would be running it under the same auspices but it's not fucking ultima online is run by origin still you know everquest is run by sony still those servers are still theirs but what the do you think the age of camelot is at this point i, I don't who uh, dirt cheap probably but they're still i mean to be able to keep an audience they've still got to do something do they yeah 
I mean, Do they, they still have expansions. They didn't go out of business. There are a lot of other MMOs that have straight up gone out of business. Sure. Th- that were, you know, m- made within the last 10 years. But here are these dinosaurs from all 15 to 20 years ago that are still hanging on. Yeah. What are they doing right? What that's that's Mike. That's my, what I'm asking is what are they doing right? And what can FF14 duplicate about that success? Exactly. Because, I mean, wow. You can't look at WoW because WoW is a fucking juggernaut. WoW is 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 a specialty case unto right. itself. WoW was the right thing at the right time. Right, and 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 it's it was such a cultural phenomenon that that's why it still hangs on and is still yeah. the biggest. But they they are a case unto themselves. You can't. I I think I think that they make a strong case on how you build a. Uh, you, you know, like a kind of a casual audience for uh, an online static world. Uh, but then what you do with it, I wow, drop the ball entirely. I mean, when 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 you lose half, I mean, yeah, they lost like half their player base, but that's still fucking eight million people. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 you, the minute you start talking about wow, they go, oh, but there's still X million people playing it. Well, yeah, because there was twice that many. Yeah, you have to do something really bad to lose half of your audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They still have 8 million people. That doesn't change the fact that they lost 8 million people. Right, exactly. So what are games, I mean, what are games, uh, older games that are still hanging on? What are they doing right to keep their audience? Because if, if it was truly boring, truly monotonous, the, the, the game would be dead. You know, Dark Age would be, Camelot would be totally dead by now. I think that those are the questions that the devs need to ask themselves and some of the keys, uh, you know, some of the um, keys for success that they should, uh, you know, they should look at. Could be good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they can figure out because I should have told them. I hope they're asking themselves this question because we're asking ourselves and we're debating and trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, we, we really can't do anything, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, let's go back to our phone lines. We've got uh, Marcus Ragnar hanging on. What's up, Marcus? Hey, not much. It's a good thing I called during the episode where you're talking about plot, because I had a thing I wanted to talk about last week, but I couldn't get in in time. Okay. I, I noticed this about 3.1 and 3.2, and it's really jarring considering how important he was. Where the fuck is Midgard Zomer been? That's a good point. Who? He just... The big the dragon. Fucking, the goddamn giant snake grandpa dragon. Nidhog? We dealt with at the end of 2.5. He showed up at the end of 3.0, and then he's just fucking fucked off to nowhere. You're right. Well, we no, no, no. Point. He showed up, and he's like, you know, because basically he's been testing you this whole time. Like, when we met him out on the lake, he's like, I'm going to come with you. I'm sealing the little echoey, gifty light inside. Yeah, so let me see what you can do on your him. own. And then you basically helped bring the Dragon Song War close to its conclusion and, like, kind of started to befriend the dragons a little bit. So Midgar Stormer's like, all right, you're pretty cool in my book. And then he flew off. No, but he's, no, he's, you've got that mini Midgar Somer that will come in and every once in a while drop a few cryptic lines over your shoulder. That? that, and I think that, he well, that's what Marcus that. is no. complaining about, that he doesn't do that. Why did he stop doing it? Because now because he's your mouth. That cutscene at the end not. of he's, he's upgraded 3.0. to the mount by now. He's upgraded he said, to the mount size now. Yeah, Marcus, you're talking over people. Shush. Shush. Carlo, <laughs> what were you he saying? disappeared is because he's happy with us now. Like he was following us around when we got the mount. 
mount, the Midgar Stormer mount. That was when that was the cutscene where he was like, "Yeah, you know what? You p- human people aren't that bad. You've managed to quell the rage of most of my children. Yeah. Now you just have Nidhogg to deal with. Congratulations!" And then he left. He believes that you are the champion, Heidelin saw, and now you like have his endorsement. But he's not gonna fucking stick around anymore. I don't know, the, but uh, Marcus isn't wrong. The question of why he disappeared. Still Plus, talking. Another thing, <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics in the second Jesus. half of the Sephiroth when he gets all big and hyperswole, uh-huh. you hear him. Part of the lyrics mention where the serpent lies. Midgard Zorba is a giant fucking snake in his normal form. Well, serpent can. Uh, the uh, icons know about him. Mm, that I don't know. I think you're. I think you're jump a bit. Jump to some conclusions there. Uh, I don't yeah, know that there's if, exactly uh, a link. Well, if we're jumping to that, but what if um? Because you keep mentioning about what if the beating all the warring tried and luck something else. What if it's Midgard Zomer? Why would we? Why would it be like? Oh, now that the icons are dead, the warring triad's dead. Now let's go kill Midgar Stormer, <laughs> who is on well, friendly still, terms with still us. He's a big dragon. He's technically a primal. What if Garlean wants him, like uh, Alex did with Whoa, 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 whoa. Midgar Stormer's a primal. Where the fuck did you get that from? He is. He is. Well, he is he's still yes. doing the. It's co- well, he's close enough. Like I'm saying, primal in finger quotes with him. He's nice. He's like, he, yeah, he's an elder primal, much like Odin is. He was summoned. Yeah, but that was so, Bahamut was the same thing, and freaking Alex still put him in the slammer. Because didn't we didn't we come up with some type of uh, uh, one episode where uh, we had this theory that Midgar Swarmer came from another planet? Midgar, well, Midgar. First of all, that's Midgar, like canon, actually. First that's of supposedly canon, as I recall. First of all, Midgar Somer never went up against the Alligans. Midgar Somer went up against the Garleans and crushed the the Agrius, the Agrius into Silver Tear Falls. So he is a primal. Oh, right. He was summoned. Never mind. They probably still think he's dead because he, he did kind of fossilize himself. Never mind. God then. damn, you, you're fucking talking over everyone today, Marcus. I'm sorry. The, it's watch not it. on my watch it. My internet. No, no, no. You watch it. I'm watching you. I got my eye on you, Marcus. Or, or your I'll ear. Be good Whatever. You shut your mouth. Anyway, I don't I'm, get it. I'm kidding. Um, but it, yeah, no. I, I, I mean, he, he, yeah, he's definitely, definitely a primal who's summoned by the dragons at that time to defend Silver Tear Falls. Because that's okay. the one. That's the 1.0 opening cutscene. Okay, I wasn't sure, because I, I guess technically the way that he's came back now, he could be, but I didn't realize that he was summoned from the dragons no, to, I don't to think bring he was down before. the He just woke up, and the Guardians pissed him off. They interrupted his nap, and he came to kick their ass. I like how even their primals take naps. Even their primals will sleep <laughs> for a thousand years. It's okay, fucking Snorlax of between dragons. Between 1.0 when, when you find him, he was a napping for 15 years. Right, so what what possible evidence do you have to support that we would suddenly go and destroy Midgar Sormer? He's got perps. Uh, no, I, I, I realize before my... Uh, actions, I, I think I Marcus says what's wrong with thing. everyone in Ishgar. He just wants blood. <laughs> uh, no, Death no, to Nidhogg, really right, no. man? Get those dragons out of our neighborhood. Not in my backyard! I don't want your around here! Not in my backyard! Oh my god! Greatest conversation ever. Great. No, I. I but it's. I, I mean, it's an interest. It's an interesting thought. I don't. I mean, if if you were were to go to those lengths, like if that would seem like Midgar Somer set all of this up so that you would end up beating the Warring Triad and unlocking that, and then unlocking him from his body. It just seems like. That well, does not. Like, that doesn't. That doesn't. Out, be forced. That like, doesn't really line up with his with his mo. Like it doesn't. We don't really. He, 
if that's what he's wanted, he would not have sealed away Heidelin's powers from you. He would want you going full force yeah. into it. He'd be like, hey, yeah. let me give you these extra powers so that you can do this. Yeah, right. here, here, here. Just just to assuage your 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 little concerns about where he's at, it says that Good after word. King Thornton has fallen, Midgar Stormer witnesses Astinian's body being taken over by the spirit of Nidhogg, watching his offspring fly off with profound sadness. Midgar Stormer later takes the adventure to Ishgard and seeing Emmerich's resolve for peace between their races while warning the Ishgard Guardians that Nidhogg has consumed Estinian and will prepare a renewed conflict with those loyal to his wayward spawn. Vowing to remember Emmerich's vow to heart, Midgar Somer flies off. Mm. Uh, okay, so he has, like, you know, sort of fucked off then. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. I, I missed that note in the scene, but He'll whatever. be missed. Well, there you go. It's what you get for kippy, skipping cutscenes, you fuckers. <laughs> uh, Do thanks, you not? Thanks for the call, Marcus. Interesting theory. We appreciate it. Uh, that was a dumb theory. Fuck you, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I, try. I still think you're cool, though. Maybe try uh, listening to when people are talking. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, let's talk some. Uh, let's read some emails here. <laughs> Uh, Kahlo, you want to start us off? Let's start us off. All right. Happy Sunday, LBR hosts and listeners. I have a response to the VIT materia for DPS suggestions that was being made on episode 55. Oh, here we go, Juxta. He's going to give us some edumacations. All right, teach me. Now, I know VIT on DPS seems like the obvious choice for progression. You can't do any damage if you can't survive a flopped mechanic. My problem is that we might not be thinking this all the way through. We're all going to be making mistakes during progression, but what if instead of hoping to survive, we just hope to take less damage? I want to make the suggestion that parry material... Okay, can I stop this email? <sighs> parry oh, material God. be used for progression DPS instead of VIT. What? My napkin math suggests that the healers oh, would do God. less work healing and raising if we have a chance to just not take as much damage hey, as opposed to having... Hey, you, you douchebag. As opposed to having to heal more due to higher HP pools. Back-to-back flop, flubbed mechanics where you could take X percent less damage and thus less healing sounds better than using all the oh shit heals to cover the same ground. This could also provide healers with more DPS uptime, and obviously I don't have to tell you that maximum DPS uptime is what we're after. Thanks for taking your time for this email. I love you all. Marty K from Swagatonis. Oh, I love flaming lamers. He's, uh, he's on our server, so we can go and lynch him. I uh, I vote that uh, we take all of Marty K's napkins away. He is not <laughs> using them responsibly. Uh, well, because here's the problem. You have to be getting hit for parry to be effective. <laughs> and you if don't you're just a deep, parry magic. I don't think you can parry a lot of the mechanics that you would get hit by. No. <laughs> here, here comes Meteor. I'm not. No, but here comes Flash Flood. I'm going to parry this one, guys. I mean, come on. You look ridiculous. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just don't see that working at all. If you need any kind of defensive edge, I think you got to go with Vit. You have to go with Vit. Use your vitality. Yeah. That's what it's there for. It, it can't, why would you? I don't. Unless, I mean, unless you're like having to off tank an ad or something, I just don't see Perry. <laughs> Unless you're partying with Ryuichi and he's being a bad tank, you need to go take care of it for him. I get it. No, tanks don't even want parry. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah, parry doesn't quite work the way you think it does. I'm the troll guy. Mm, maybe. All right, let's uh, take a look at this next email. Hey, LBR. 
I love the show. I started listening when you guys did the racial roulette stereotypes. <laughs> oh, good one to come oh, in on. Yeah. Always an entertaining time. Uh, I listen Tuesday after the live show on the podcast. It uh, makes my boring day at work go by faster. I started on Coral when uh, ARR launched and my old uh, Final Fantasy XI LS, but that group quickly disappeared. Switched servers over to Genova and changed my name and race and uh, gender. Uh, from uh, Gregor Reagan, Lalafell male, to uh, Satiri Azizel, so Ora female. Uh, I joined the uh, a great FC, and uh, we we had an issue where the FC, where one of our uh, real life male players, was harassing two of our real life female players, and that caused uh, some clicks to form. The uh, male player has been since removed, and the clicks, for the most part, have been broken down. But in that time, we lost some good players. We have recruited some and picked up a new Dragoon, uh, new to 60 the other day, a solid player who just needs to uh, raise his eye level. And uh, we helped him clear Alex the other day, and uh, we'll uh, help with any clears that he needs. We're trying to uh, form an endgame static and have a solid core group just uh, really needs some uh, players to fill in spots. Uh, we're not deathly serious about the game, just trying to have fun. Any on, any advice on how to uh, recruit more for the static or for the FC in general? Uh, love the show and keep up the good work. Uh, Gregor, a.k.a. Satiri. Yes. Uh, host a successful podcast. I, you'll have no problem getting people in your FC. I think it's that's really easy. Sorry, uh, sorry, I mispronounced that. Uh, yeah, that that does help. Yeah, if you can just like you know, twenty, thirty thousand people listening, you'll no problem. Yeah, yeah, the doy. Uh, but I, I don't. I mean, FC recruitment. We have just kind of started in to the free company thing, and we haven't really formed any groups or any statics or anything else and it and it i i mean i have to say i have to say that i don't really feel like a member of the free company yet because i'm not in it yeah so, you're, that's correct congratulations if you're not part of something then you shouldn't feel part of it no well <laughs> that's <laughs> not sure where you're going with that big buddy <laughs> is this not, is, is, not, is, is 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 limit break radio not not mine? Is this, is this not my radio show? You're not part of the free company LBR, Limit Break Radio. No, that's but, correct. but all of those all of those people are in the link shell and shit. So I don't, but I don't really feel connected to that group in the same way that I think this person is, is asking for advice recruiting. And what I'm saying is, is I don't know that I would be the person to give the advice on recruiting for a free company because I don't even feel like I'm a part of my own. It sounds like he wants more people to be like part of a static almost. Like cause I yeah, like yeah. like you. I feel like connected to people I would like raid with on a regular basis, but not so much just people in like the FC. Those are like people you talk to. Yeah. I don't know if you get that deeper connection with people unless you like raid with them, do the vent server and all that stuff. Like that's where that bond forms, right? Yeah. I was say uh going off of that because um obviously uh, uh, and then here, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think what you're saying is true either, because a lot of the people that are in our FC are in our link shell. I mean, they're they're pretty much going to be the exact same people, right? Um, and I've actually only recently started to feel that way with the people in the LBR link shell since I started doing things with them, like uh, uh, all the raids that we've been doing on Tuesday nights, or all of the. Um, the primal fights and farming that I've been doing with, uh, you know, all those other people that Skrull leads, I guess. Um, 
you know so really it's just finding people that are as passionate about the game as you are and want to play and do the same things you are along with you and that's just kind of a bond that you have to form over time yeah it's not really like an instruction manual or a step-by-step process that you can do unless you happen to be someone who runs a successful podcast and people just flock to your server and that's but that's what i'm saying is that like we've never wanted for people like we're the we're like unequivocally we are the worst people to ask (laughs) about how (laughs) to get people to join your free company because Because people come to us like hey can i get an invite to the free company yeah like (laughs) we've never tried we've never had to try kicking inactives out of the link shell is like a daily experience i am and 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 so like that i think that was really my only point is that we're just like the worst people to ask about that yeah I think the best you can do is just uh, shout for like, hey, got to go do an expert roulette. Come join me. And then maybe they'll join your free company. Yeah. Afterwards. But how often do you Not see, how often do you see them? And how often are you like, yeah, all right. You, like, I'm even like, if you're looking for a free company, you're like, eh, I don't know. If I didn't have a free company and I went with like a pre-made and they're like, hey, you want to join our free company? I'd join it just for the shits and giggles. But that's the thing is people don't aren't really not in free companies. We need like an FF14 FC hot or not app that you can just like (laughs) swipe left or swipe right on. (laughs) Rate rate my FC. Yeah. Shut up. I was in that FC for a while. Fuck them. They're all ERPers. (laughs) No, I I honestly like I feel like really ill-equipped to to answer that question. So, yeah. Sorry, Gregor. Wish I could help, but uh, don't think I can. You lose. All right. Who wants to read this next one? I'll take it. All right. Hi. Interesting discussion about rating on last episode. All of the following pertain to Alex Savage raids. One, Nika's expectations of prospective recruits is reasonable. People who stated they would but didn't show up to raid should be blacklisted. It's no different than a rage quit IMO. It's disrespectful and a waste of time. Fuck them. Blacklist them. Two. Three days a week of scheduled rating is fair. Anything less is a waste of time since people forget content. In addition, players who want to progress faster will likely skip out on a group that only raids once or twice a week. Three. Even if a mid-core group isn't going for Worlds first, they can and should be serious about raiding policies. It's adherence to raid policies that will determine a raid group's success. If there are no policies or structure, then a group will likely be doomed to spin their wheels in an endless cycle of wipes and or replacing players. Eventually, you will find a group of people who will be on the same mindset. The differentiation between the mid-core and the hardcore is simply time commitment. Four to five days a week for hardcore, two to three days for midcore. Attendance requirement of three days a week for midcore rating is completely fair. It sucks that Nika had to experience prospects flopping, but the solution is simple. Blacklist them and move on. Keep recruiting. In addition to actually struggling through progression, another part of the work is also recruiting and surrounding yourself with like-minded players. People assume that rating and progression is the toughest part. In actuality, it also involves finding the right people. It's no different than pugging. In pugs, you will find some great players who know the fight and know their jobs well, but will rage quit after two wipes. Again, fuck them, blacklist them. On the flip side, there are also decent players who know the fight just well enough to beat it, but will stick it through through multiple wipes to get the clear. These are the kind of people you want to play all the time. 
if you're lucky. Recruiting for a static is similar to what I have just described, save for the fact that it's actually more drawn out than a pug. In a static, it may take one to two weeks of rating before someone quits, or you have to kick them for whatever reason. Attendance, commitment, skill, etc. You have to put in the work, though. In sum, I just want to reiterate that Nika's expectations are fair, but should also know that recruiting takes work. At the same time, there are a lot of idiots out there who will flop on commitment. There is not a real way to avoid these idiots until you play with them and blacklist them then if it comes to that. Keep it up, you shitlords. This PSA has been brought to you sexually by Samus Rageborn. Wow. Oh, it's from Samus? Samus, how long is your blacklist? Why don't you connect go back where you came from? <laughs> um, actually, I'm glad that it's one we know, so I'm just going to come over to Facebook really quick. Samus, fuck you. <laughs> For your shitty Careberry <laughs> Jeez. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel. I, I mean, I feel like it's. Uh, there's always the expectation that comes along with endgame rating that is a big turnoff for me. The expectation of you know of, of whatever it is, uh, you know of of either meeting a certain DPS requirement. Or, you know, like it just whatever, whatever it ends up being like, it's just it. That's that's a big dissuading factor for me. Yeah. Is it's like uh, like like uh, uh, after a while, raid night, it was like, OK, I, I, I was like having to prepare myself for dealing with people's shit. For just dealing with their shitty attitude and their shitty behavior. Now, I understand that those might be. That then may have just been the people I was with, but the, you know, like that, it goes back to that whole raid anxiety. Like, if you're not creating a conducive environment for certain people, then they're gonna fucking bail on you. They're gonna bail on you. I've bailed on people before because I'm like, you know what? You've sent me five fucking messages in two days. I'm done. I don't want to. Fu- I do not want to fucking hear from you. Yes, girl. <laughs> dick you know what i mean like uh, like that there's there's also expectation on the other side where you're like you're like oh well but i was i was telling them that they you know like that they needed to be available at such and such time well how often were you telling them were you were you being irritating were you being fucking annoying how often should you have to tell someone i don't know but, yeah, but if someone the other side of it, but if someone if someone like that's the, if I'm going to join a static and and that person's going to fucking nag me like my mother does, I'm not I, like I'm just going to fucking tune it out and be like, this is not worth it. No, I agree. If I join your static, I know when the times are, I will be there. Exactly. And guess what? If someone's not going to be there, they shouldn't be in the fucking static. Okay, well, how about one friendly reminder the day before? Like, oh, don't forget, tomorrow is Tuesday, we're that's raiding. Probably, that's, that's probably that's fair. fine. That's fair. That's probably yeah. fine. But, I mean, like, if you're if you're sending tons of messages, that I mean, there there's a certain pressure that, that comes along if with that, too. If you remind him of his ex-girlfriend, there's a problem. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If he starts having like PTSD flashbacks. Holy shit. Nero, is this the email you were telling me about? Yes. Oh my Jesus. I know. Wait, wait, what about it? This, this is next like, email. This next email from uh Blitzen. I, yeah, Blitzen is quite quite long. Oh my god. Seminar. It, it has formatting in it. I that's what I was saying. It's ridiculous. There's bolds, there's underlines, bullet points. <laughs> 
Does is he there, italicize? Is there, a, is there a PowerPoint attached to this? <laughs> he does not italicize. Don't no. think so. But, I, I, you know, like, I, 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 it's if you're having people, if you're having trouble getting people to stick with your group, like, maybe look at your own group dynamic, first look, of all. Look inward. Yeah, look inward. I, I, and I don't think that it is unreasonable to say, you know, like, look, this is when we raid. This is when we expect you to be here. There's nothing unreasonable about that. Uh, it's just it, it, my I think my point was was more towards everything fucking else. All of the other pressure that that gets that gets put on people. So. You know, he was gay, right? <laughs> what? That's why we're sending you 800 messages. He oh. wants he wants to be in you. Weird. ERP like. Oh, stop it. Muting you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. For this. Uh, who what? wants to take this next email? Uh, Someone needs to. Are we reading this whole big thing? I guess so. Okay, great. Here we go. You want to you split it up, Escalia? We could like... No. Uh, no, no, we're no. not splitting emails. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be kidding me! Hey, team. Loving the show and all the other side projects. Lots of fun and a good time in FF14. I had some thoughts on Feast as it currently stands. Some things PvP I've said before, so please forgive me. Let me know if you agree. Positives. Loving the insta-queues. So unfamiliar to all of us at PvP fans for FF14. Going to go a long way to fostering a high participation in the future. The coin system is a great uh, is great and forces the whole team to pay attention to both their players and the opposition in terms of focus targets and protecting your team. Uh, different games for ranked and non-ranked is a smart idea to separate different types of players, hardcore and casual. Premades of 4 are a good uh, start to developing small team game, which will be useful for joining with others in the future. And Sprint not costing TP is perfect. Criticisms. Well, uh, Astrologian needs to be nerfed. Uh, yes. a, uh, a regular to subpar Astrologian is still good because of the class. A very good Astrologian is almost impossible to kill. We recorded inc- incidents where he is focused, stunlocked three times, then silenced, giving about 10 seconds of no abilities while hammering with massive damage debuffs and blowing CDs. Uh, their ability to sprint and insta-heal with machine gun speed at the power of a lustrate is insane. Other heal classes are interrupted non-stop. DPS needs to get good! <laughs> Uh, Summoner Eggy interrupt on every attack has to be removed. Healers are just interrupted relentlessly for every auto attack. Well, yeah, that's obviously a bug. They mentioned that. Yeah, known issues. Uh, Community issues. A lot of people are embracing PvP, which is fantastic, but the complaints about the existing community members are getting silly. Perhaps discussing this will help some users. I created some pre-battle macros that explain very simply what we are doing and what I will be doing as tank in terms of healer harassing. I also volunteer to mark whatever target they want to attack immediately and hammer him with damage debuffs on my way to the healer. I figured this would be helpful to community and newer players. On the boards afterwards, I noticed some people complaining about the salt they are getting for being new and vets chewing them out for not listening. Here uh, here were the consistent arguments. Please let me know if you feel the same way about this. One, people are shouting at me because I am not following the game plan and doing what I want. Why can't I do what I want? Answer, if everyone agrees on a plan to kill Summoner or Astrologian first, you attacking the tank is not helpful as a DPS. It is an on-the-spot strategic fight that everyone needs to be on the same page for. Having a team member do their own thing and ignore any direct messaging is frustrating. Expect salt. Solution, let them know you are doing something else so they can make up for your lack of DPS on a target. Absolutely, do not play 4v4 ranked because 1 of 4 not helping is a loss and those players care about ranking. No, solution is kill yourself. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a DPS and you're ignoring the DPS target, then you're not helping anyone. You're just helping the other team. Yeah. 
It's wasted. It's literally wasted DPS. Yeah, you're, you're not even annoying the healer because they're casting AOE heals. Yeah. Done. Done. It's, it, you know, like, it, it fucking, it doesn't make sense to not go with the game plan. Yeah. Focus the fucking person. If that you you're... want, if you want to do PvP and you want to do your own shit, you just queue for a PvP roulette where there's 70 other people and it doesn't fucking matter. There right. you go. Uh, people are shouting at me for not using PvP abilities. Why can't I just use the abilities I know? Answer. They are free abilities and you can make a separate PvP uh, bar. It's, nope. That's like the people who are like, oh, but I've got this ability on my bar and I never use it, but it's extra DPS, but I never use it. Like it, like the people who don't work stuns into their rotation. Yeah. Or black mages who don't use Eno Chain. <laughs> or, or, or dragoons that don't use jump. Weirdos. Uh, they are tremendously useful. Solution to avoid hate, most certainly do not enter 4v4 ranked. This is the craziest, and more than once, uh, there are some guys that make pre battle macros to explain the fight and strategy. I feel like just making these macros and uh, making targets isn't enough. Can those players please make guides that are geared towards how everyone learns? If they could also make macros during battle telling members what to do and what would be, that would be very helpful. I feel like they should be helping new players adapt better rather than attacking them. Oh my god. Answer. Uh, there really are no guides. You learn the PvP abilities and watch what is happening around you. Get your ass kicked and get better each time. Get used to it. As for other players doing more to teach you, if we are already making macros and explaining a strategy beforehand that you may or may not want to listen to, we can't do anything else. It is no one else's job to make you guides and make macros designed towards how you learn. Fuck off. Shut, uh, shut your stupid entitled little fucking mouth. Uh, why should anyone have to come home from work and start a part-time job as your video game mechanics technical support? Macro strategy explanations and marking targets for you as uh, as you refuse to use PvP abilities, respond to messages, or follow strategy isn't good enough for you? Solution. Don't play PvP. Ever. Uh, people have forgotten that this is a competition. This is not PvE where there are learning groups and taking several uh, attempts at banging your head off it against the content. You learn, you develop, you contribute, you work as a team. People are here to rank up, compete with uh, to the best of their abilities, and are not obligated to coach you while trying to do their best to contribute. The other team will be merciless every time. You are there to measure up, not to have an even player, uh, fair playing field. If you've never been in a competition before of any type, whether it be sports or any other type of game, people take it seriously and will get more heated over it than anything. PVE failure doesn't uh, bother people as a fraction, uh, doesn't bother people a fraction as much as losing in PvP in every game. People that love competition scale differently on an emotional level. They hate losing more than they love winning. Sorry for brief rant. I hate doing them. <laughs> uh, brief rant. Brief huh? rant. Brief oh, rant. We're not done yet. Only other input. Jesus. I am disappointed the new gear isn't rank restricted. Could have removed the old restrictions again and placed them on these. A lot of people put hundreds of hours uh, into rank just to have it be meaningless. Just a straight up slap in the face and catering to those that want all the glam and best gear right away. Why not also give them the Savage Midas gear? They want it, so give it to them. You made a rule saying people had to work for PvP gear and threw it out the window. Why not give people Savage gear as well if they f uh, fail enough at it? Let them just queue into Savage, refuse to learn mechanics or strategy, not respond to anyone, do their own thing and get their gear seems to be the same uh, theme cheers blitz and twice burn adam antois of defy fc uh blitzkrieg pvp ls jesus christ uh, holy shit wow p.s fenrir pup is sweet too uh it's i mean a lot of good points are brought up there and especially about competition i mean there are there are an abundance of ff14 players that just want 
participation trophies. And the crazy thing is, is that they do get, as as Blitzen points out right here at the end, they get the participation trophies. Because it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you're still getting wolf marks for your participation. And wolf marks are the only thing you need. True, but they also Square Enix did add that uh, the ranked mode. The ranked mode. The ranked rewards. Is, that's it, though. That's that. I mean, first of all, those that's pretty steep for anyone. <laughs> yeah. And second of all, like that's brutal, and I like that. That's great, but you know that is a great point that it seems like for PvP you can just fail upward. Yeah, but I mean, you can fail your your eye level up like like Kahlo does, right? Like Kahlo did that. He just he failed his his PVP rank ups all the way to whatever the hell PVP rank you are. And no one was able to stop you. It wasn't based <laughs> off of a win-loss ratio. And it then the, and then the only time, thing though. and oh, true, but but the only thing that does, the only thing that does is uh, are are these crazy ranked match uh, rewards and requirements? You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like 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 they like they should have been here and they did this. Like like it, it's incredibly imbalanced. Well, while we're talking about PvP, real quick, there is a really sweet title for ninjas called the Unseen, and they actually have a, a title for each each role. So tank, physical DPS, range DPS, magic, and healer. Right. Mm-hmm. In order to get these titles, you have to win 1,000 matches per role type. Okay. That's a lot of matches to win. Like, the, just, just the regular win th- 1,000 matches, like, title is 1,000. So, like, if you wanted all of them, you'd be winning, like, you'd have to win, like, 7,000 matches. Not even play 7,000. Win. That's a lot of PvP matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean it'd, be fair, it'd be hard to still be bad after oh, that. Oh yeah, PvP sorry. Uh, unseen is for the ranged DPS. So see, I would have to go in as a bard or a machinist. Heaven forbid. Ugh. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I do, I do understand that uh, that sense of frustration. Although, you know, if you think about it, in it, 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 with time and eye level, Square Enix ends up making that Savage gear much more ubiquitous and easier to obtain over time too. So it's not like they don't ever do it. It's not like it's just not doing ever, it quicker. It's not ever a giveaway, except when we're at the point now, like where we have the uh, replica uh, uh, Allegan gear from uh, that we're finally just getting out of binding coil, right? Like we're fi- we're just to that point now. So you know, like, but we still eventually get a gimme. Like that is a gimme. You don't. It, there are people who will never touch coil that could get the elegant stuff out of it they just buy it yeah same thing it just takes longer that's all uh anyway thanks for the uh gigundus email uh who wants to take the next one i do okay hey lbr crew i just wanted to email you guys just to say how grateful i am to be in this community that this podcast has created you're welcome Everyone needs some positivity, and I feel like I need to give some out to the hosts individually, but to the chat also. You are all the best. I still can't describe the love and support I feel from you guys, even after being here for about five months. Just accepting me for who I am is more than I have seen in communities I've been in for five years. I can't possibly call out to people in chat who've helped, who I've helped and have helped me, so all I can say is, you know who you are, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. I also know some people who are listening right now who are in a tough spot. 
Just remember that this community is here for you. We care for you and we'll share the burden of whatever you're going through together. You're not alone. And for each of the hosts, to a Nero. I have the utmost belief that whatever you decide for your future career, whether that be a professional setting or whatever you consider LBR to be, you'll be making a great decision and you'll have the backing of the LBR no matter what. Your passion for this show demonstrates how much you care about your work. It's an immense amount of passion that can't possibly be recreated and will take you to amazing places. Oh, thank you. To Nika. From what I can tell from playing with you a little bit on Swagatonis and watching Nikalia streams, you're an awesome, caring person, and it's not just because you're half of Nikalia. Be sure to keep the rest of the crew in check when you're there. Nobody cares she's not here. <laughs> Move on. To Juxta, whose uh, little paragraph is the shortest, by the way. Always on point with those drops, and they make me laugh every time. Keep it up, don't scratch the tattoo, and do your job! Uh, to Kahlo it's been awesome working on the like late late show like how he matched the inflection <laughs> <laughs> I do me it's been awesome working on the late late show with you seeing it develop from just an idea and a stream to a full bi-weekly show is just fantastic you really helped me through some depressing times with your sense of humor on your streams keep it up oh and happy late birthday again to Ascalia we can skip that part Okay. Well, since this email will be read after you're not alone, I just want to say congrats. No matter how much money you raised, five or 5000 what you did made a difference to someone for the better. I just hope I didn't fall asleep during your stream. I'm glad to call you a friend, and I'm sure that you don't regret that decision. Here's to more charity streams in the future. And to the lurkers in the chat and the people listening in on Tuesdays, you should interact with us. Say hi in the chat, tune in live, call in, send an email. You'll find that once you do, you'll be in good company. For as much as you hear these five shouted everyone and generally seem mean, remember this. Yes. Beneath all that salt, there is some sugar. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm not sure that's how chemistry works. No, I don't think it's that not. It's Super not. duper sincerely, Melky Thera, a.k.a. Karen. Uh, well, thank you very much for that email, Melky. I love you! That was very nice. That was a very nice email. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's take another one. From, we've got a couple. We've got emails that have been piling up. For the oh, last yeah. couple of weeks. So, uh, why don't we take this other one here from Gwenna Mindir? Uh, and it says, Hey, LBR crew, I'm not sure if uh, this would make for uh, some good periodic bit akin to FMFFL, uh, but I'll throw this suggestion out there nonetheless. Uh, and if you don't want bit ideas, I fully accept my mountain of uh, Go Pound Salt from uh, the Elder Primal. But anyway, uh, uh, okay. Then I guess just pout. Uh, you should serve as the FF14 confessional. Take calls and emails from players who have weird habits, screwed people over, or were uh, just unintentional asshat. Uh, someone uh, saw someone undercutting you and uh, decided to crush every market and every other person was just uh, to spite just to spite them. Uh, face pulled uh, S rank hunt early, or uh, do you uh, just like to talk a bunch of shit in PvP? Yet. Yeah, suck hard uh do you uh, amazing do you collect weird trinkets for no apparent reason like the guy who had over 50 stacks of uh pope toes uh do you uh price price gouge seasonal uh items during the event and still prey on lazy people do you not <clears throat> all of these things <laughs> <laughs> all of these things can be pretty funny to read about and uh, everyone has or knows someone that has a story and in an mmo these things happen all the time might be funny to collect Collect, uh, collect them for a couple of months and read alongside FMFFLs. Obviously, this would be anonymous. Maybe call it uh, MDFFS, my dirty Final Fantasy secret. <laughs> 
anonymous? Do you know this show very well? I don't think they'd be anonymous. No, we can keep it anonymous. We, yeah. we can keep it anonymous. Well, I mean, obviously, we, if someone emailed in with this, they would just not put their name on it. I mean, we would know who they we are. We would know who they yes, but we wouldn't call them out for their shitty behavior because it would just be... Yeah. Unless it was Skurro. That's right. <laughs> no, they're all from Skurro. <laughs> Let's see how bad Skurro is today. So, Gwenna starts. Uh, a member in my free company engaged in a price war with another crafter. The uh, FC mate discovered all the, market, uh, all the markets the other crafter was in and flooded every single one with an ex- uh, excessive number of cheap goods. He did this for weeks. He lost tons of gill, but he didn't care. He just wanted to screw the other guys. Hashtag MDFFS. Wow, you're a dick, Skrull. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Skrull. That's not very nice. Lol. Lol. So, I, I kind of like that segment. <laughs> yeah, I do kind of like that segment. I think it needs a better name. <laughs> uh, so there you go. I like that. I do like that segment. Uh, uh, if you want to, uh, if, if that's something that you would want to hear, I don't know. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, let's go back to our phone lines. Uh, I think we've got Lauro Felix hanging on. What's up, Lauro? Hey, guys. Great episode. Thank as you. Usual. Thank you. All right. So wanted to call. I'll, I'll talk briefly about um, the potential for uh, the Xbox experience. So Final Fantasy 11 comes out on the PS2 uh, back in, what, 2001? A bunch of my friends got it. I, I didn't get excited on the PS2 at the time. And then eventually I got a 360, saw the TOAU copy, and that's how I got into Final Fantasy XI, and I played that until Abyssy kind of ruined that game. So there's definitely potential there. And some of my friends, they started playing on the, on the 360 as far as XI goes. One of them, she w- is interested in playing fourteen, but her PC isn't that great, or it's a family PC or something like that. Right. So she was talking to me the other day about how if fourteen was ever on the Xbox, she'd play it. So if this whole sony microsoft let's hold hands and be friendly deal goes through then we can finally have more people coming in and it would definitely bring a whole lot more energy to the scene because i remember when when i when i was playing 11 i had so many questions but everybody was still friendly and i had a lot of friends who wanted to do everything that there was to do in the game so well and and you know i think that's a that's a pretty good point too is that uh, you know, it, it, with Final Fantasy fourteen, how much do we really need to support the low end, the newbies, the people just coming in? Because A, so much of it is very much learned straight from the get-go, straight from the system itself, from leveling and playing the game itself, and B, how helpful people are. You know, yeah. like there is, mm-hmm. a, 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 FF14 is, uh, if nothing else, it's notable for having a very helpful, very open, very communicative community along with it. And so when when would Square Enix finally be able to lean into that and go, well, our community is good enough at filling in some of these gaps. We can finally start concentrating on you know not having an inroad for new people for new players not to mention it's not like 11 where you were going to be leveling for months on end you're going to get to max level way quicker yeah exactly exactly so i mean yeah i i i do think that simply adding um uh xbox one support it will i mean it'll increase numbers it'll definitely increase numbers but i mean you know It's not, first of all, it's not the only MMO on Xbox One. I'm pretty sure that uh, Elder Scrolls Online is also on Xbox One. Yeah, my friend was playing uh, ESO right now. Yeah, and so I'm just, but I'm not sure that that ESO saw a big 
push from being the only MMO on Xbox One because it is the only MMO right now on Xbox One. So I just well, I, I think oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying that like I, I don't know. I don't know that MMO players are buying consoles, and I don't know I that the, anyone buying consoles aren't like they don't know what an MMO is. You know what I mean? Like I, it's it's yeah. hard to see who exactly the audience would be. It's hard to compare. ESO because as far as I understand it because I, I haven't played it myself ESO has three separate networks so even if they let's say they added it on the, the Wii U yeah it expands the player base but the player base isn't playing together so it really doesn't matter oh it's still fractured yeah oh yeah it's yeah. fractured b- behind consoles like if you're playing on, yeah. on Xbox 360 you're only playing with other 360 or I'm sorry on Xbox One you're only playing with other Xbox users if you're playing so on PC dumb. you're only playing with other PC users it's terrible it's like the worst possible way to, to, to design an MMO yeah, she when she was telling me about it she essentially said that is one of the worst parts about the game is that she's not able to play with other people because from what she's telling me about some of the xbox players they're not used to seeing anything that requires eight people or even 12 <laughs> people heaven forbid yep. you know 18 or 24 people to kill something so apparently ESO is supposed to be getting some kind of 12 man content Ooh. this month or something like that well, and, yeah, and, and they're and all fact, freaking out the the the, the kid that i work with is t- t- talking to you about who uh, who plays xbox like he plays destiny right and like i'm tr- oh, we were actually God. talking today he was talking about that i was talking about <laughs> ff14 and like so many like there are actually some things that line up like the light level that they have sure the, yeah is, a, is officially item level right but like i'm telling you about mm-hmm. some stuff he's just like oh that's so weird like blah 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 and and it's just like look and if you're from i feel like the for the majority when you have your xbox fanboys if you can't just point and shoot they're not gonna get it <laughs> i'm actually surprised that I, that I got him into fallout 4 and honestly the only reason why is because you can point and shoot at things in that <laughs> well and, and so yeah i i think i mean there would absolutely be uh you know a bunch of people who if it was on xbox one would pick it up uh, I just don't think it's going to be that many. I don't think it's even going to be as as many as checked out FF11 coming to Xbox 360. That's that's just my opinion, though. So. Oh, definitely not. Uh, th- that, yeah. yeah, thanks for the call, Laura. We appreciate it. Uh, we uh, we always appreciate the calls, and uh, I think that's I think that's going to be it. I think we've run the three hours here for Limit Break Radio. Laura's yeah. going to be our last call. Uh, but why don't we take one more email? Kahlo, you want to read this last email here? Sure do. All right. Hello, Limit Break Radio, Bearface. Side note again, my apology for my poor English. I'm always afraid to send an email. Well, don't be afraid, Bearface. We love emails. I first want to state that I really do enjoy the new PvP mode. I myself play as White Mage, Astrologian, or Scholar. I made it to Bronze, and I'm getting close to Silver. I wanted to bring attention to an issue I've noticed with the recent addition of the Feast PvP mode. Unfortunately, in the ranked PvP Feast mode, I've seen some people from, from the community would fake disconnect or not doing anything to let the other team win. Sometimes it is an extra character mule character that is played from the opposing team. They do this because then they can easily boost through the ranks without providing much effort. Also, with each match giving lore, some players just sit there and do nothing until the match is over to get free lore. I am not exactly sure how I feel about this, but I think this might be pretty hurtful for the PvP community for people who genuinely want to play PvP. My question to you guys is, do you think this is something Square Enix could fix, or is it just a community issue that needs I to don't know, itself? Kahlo. What do you I think about do this that issue? I do in PvP Feast because it actively hurts 
the other people. No, I actually participate in the feast. Um, Could you pretend to try? <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure if if the, the the first thing he mentions where someone's like you know logging on like a mule character and then just loading in to give the other team a disadvantage. Like, all right, that sucks. But couldn't that backfire and you like might end up on a team doing the same thing or or something? Huh? What? Like, let's say that that when Jux is gone, I log him in, right? And then I queue both of us for the feast, hoping that he would get onto the opposing team. <laughs> but sometimes so, I pop in on your team. Or or you might not even be in my match. Like, I feel like that isn't going to pay out for the effort that goes into it, right? It but depends, like, if you could do it at, like, a slow time, get, like, a pre-made group of four, I don't know, maybe? Well, you can only do pre-mades of, like, That's true. two, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I feel like that probably isn't something that'll live too long because i feel like yeah it's it's kind of a wasted effort um but the other thing yeah i can definitely like see that really being a problem um and i don't know because usually you have to wait five minutes or no 15 minutes to vote kick people i don't know if it's quicker in pvp or not or, or in the feast or not but if that becomes a prevalent problem i'm sure that square enix will find a way to fix it honestly if you're in the feast and you are inactive for more than 15 20 seconds you should be kicked Ooh, wow i don't know about that man I would that's say 45 seconds yeah okay fine fine 45 the point is though like they said that the matches should only be like six to eight minutes long right yeah. so you should always be depressing something yeah i i mean yeah I you're mean, right maybe not 15 because laggy sort of issues but but Maximum what happens? What minute. happens? But what happens if someone does AFK and then the system boots them? What you've got a you're just down a person? Does it end the match? No, you're just down a person. You would just be down you're, a person. So yeah. three versus four. Yeah, the same thing. It was three versus four before. I know, but I mean, like that doesn't really help anything. Well, it well, might. It'll if the guy who gets if you get kicked a bunch of times, if you start facing punishments for that, then it will. Yeah, you know what? They could give the same sort of debuff that uh, that you get if you back out of a queue or if there you, you go. quit from something. There you go. You know, it happens too many times in a day. That's it. You're done for the day. Plus, you, off. plus the guy who gets booted that way doesn't get the lore, so it becomes oh, worthless to not. do it. Of course not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, people could still just sort of like run around the outside edge and just keep running in and getting themselves killed. But I mean. There's not really anything you can do. There's about always that. gonna be people who are gonna be dicks. That's what, true. what if they're just really bad players? Okay, <laughs> they deserve their welfare lore as well. Okay, if they're really bad players, then I hope you got your autograph and screenshot from Escalia while you could. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's gonna do it here for episode number fifty-six of Limit Break Radio. Thank you for all of your emails. Uh, you can send emails to hosts at limitbreakradio.com. Uh, I'm going to say this again. Try to keep them brief. (laughs) (laughs) We can only read so many emails if one of the emails is six pages long. And the thing is, is, I mean, there were a lot of really good points in there and I did feel like it it needed to, it should have been read, but I mean, like it took 15 minutes to read. So, you know, try to make it a reasonable length. Host at LimitBreakRadio.com is where you can send those emails. If you want to uh, participate in uh, our new game that uh, came to us from a listener, uh, I guess I, I guess hashtag those. Are we gonna are we gonna run with that hashtag? Are we gonna I do the FFS? Like 
I like I like uh, uh, what, what was it? Dirty little Final Fantasy secret. Yeah, I my like. my dirty Final Fantasy secret. MDFFS. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna share those hashtag MDFFS, we'll read a couple of those on the uh, on the show. If you've got a little secret that you wanna share, of course we'll do that anonymously. Uh, and uh, you can send those into hosts at limitbreakradio.com. Share them on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash limitbreakradio, or tweet them at us at limitbreakradio on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you want to call in, uh, make sure that you're tuning in live. Listen to our show live on Twitch and uh, tune in for a chance to call in 810-515-8715. Limit Break Radio on Skype. That's all how that's done. And of course, we now offer Discord call-in as well. Uh, Final Encountercast is going to be going weekly here pretty soon. And we are excited about that change. We're not 100% sure what is on the docket for next week weekend being that it's a holiday but be sure to check at our website limitbreakradio.com and final encountercast for all the latest information we're super excited about taking final encountercast weekly and we want to thank you for your help and support over at patreon.com slash limitbreakradio we're currently sitting at two thousand three hundred dollars a month being brought in at patreon.com slash limitbreakradio and that is so awesome for us and we have uh, come up with a whole bunch of new uh funding uh uh, uh, um, yeah, thresholds, goals, uh, milestones that we've put out, and uh, uh, we've put out a, a whole line of uh, content that we want to be supported at those echelons of funding. So, if you've got a couple of extra bucks rolling around in your pocket, then head on over to limit uh, to Patreon.com/slash Limit Break Radio and give whatever is appropriate for your budget. We have now finished the process of getting all of the physical items, all of the physical givebacks, all of the physical rewards for you guys who have been giving at patreon.com slash limit break radio we really appreciate your patience in getting all of this stuff to you guys we've never we never thought starting a podcast we would have to figure out t-shirt printing or have problems with t-shirt printing but here we are so thank you guys for your patience and for your support head on over to patreon.com slash limit break radio if you have a couple of bucks rolling around that you can give to help support the cause help keep the show running and help it keep going strong every single week just like final encounter cast will end up becoming in just one week's time thank you guys so much for listening limitbreakradio.com is the website twitch.tv slash limitbreakradio hit that follow button and limitbreakradio on all of your social media platforms that's going to be it for us for juxtaposition Kala Landis Escalia Rayumasa even though she couldn't be here with us Nika Kayanian shout out to producer Kuki and Papa Woody for being our intern I'm an hero Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Kahlo Landis and Aniro Grigori. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zuri and Yurexen, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwin, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, Darbykins, and Sakura-chan, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. 
Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash huskybythegeek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.